0: live
1: and hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet and as you can see we're shiny now we've been given a shiny upgrade i believe the kids on the twitter sphere call this a glow up matt we've been blown up
0: we have we have Uh, i just decided on a whim just to redesign everything
1: it looks real. I get that too a lot, honestly. When I'm doing stuff, uh, just be like, "Hey, I want to redo these thumbnails now," and you feel you feel good about it because it's the thing mm-hmm. of like, "Oh, I'm working," but it's like I'm also putting off other work to do this. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. So thank you everyone for coming to join us on this Sunday night. We've got at least 21 people in the chat already, as I look here to the side. We, we got all the warriors. We got KT and Missionless and Tevia and uh what everyone else there jersey luck of course yeah i knew he was there so our lewd skeletor is there too we got everybody all the usuals are here all all the usuals here for what I'm sure will be a hell of a show Well, I know it's gonna be a hell of a show because as I said on Twitter a couple days ago you're actually gonna get a double length show you're gonna get the comic multiverse as you know it and also stick around because I have an interview with uh, Ashley Victoria Robinson who everyone of course remembers uh, from the former DC all-access has written a bunch of books recently Uh, we talked about uh, airports we talked about her new comic Kickstarter and becoming an American citizen and in fact in the time it took to do the interview to doing this show the book she was promoting got funded so there you go (laughs) Uh, but it's still a fun interview but it's still a fun interview and you're gonna like it how uh, how have you been Matt how's your week been
0: pretty good pretty good it's been really really damn hot here so I've just been leaving the aircon on like 24 7 uh trying to do all my reviews which I actually managed to finish like all of them like I've never been this ahead before to the point where I'm like okay what am I going to use to fill this gap?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah it was a reasonably sized week this week for comics uh anything in particular you read this week that you like I figure let's let's change up the format with the new thing let's talk about books we liked at the top of the show before we get to the news. Ooh. Ooh, uh,
0: Well let's see what did I like I liked I liked Batman 87 it was 87 wasn't it
1: or oh yeah it was 87 yeah the second Tynan in book going going into some interesting directions for uh batman i would agree i think Tynan is doing a good job showing that his batman is different
0: yeah yeah i i enjoy uh all the action in it i enjoy like we get to see this new prison uh that batman has, mm-hmm. has built that it immediately gets like broken into
1: immediately i had a good (laughs) laugh there where i'm like oh that's fun batman is admitting that arkham and blackgate don't do their jobs worth shit and that he should maybe build something new oh what's that they broke out on the first day wow (laughs) maybe you just don't give criminals enough credit uh we also got to see uh some kind of interesting new redesigns for both the riddler and the penguin
0: the the riddler who now looks exactly like a uh question mark which i thought was pretty cool yeah
1: I didn't catch that until you told me. And I'm like, Oh, Holy shit. He is. Cause he's been staying up for days. Mainlining military grade
0: methamphetamine. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of disappointed. They didn't follow suit with him at, from that uh, yeah. year of the villain. They do mention it, um, which, which is, is really nice. weird. Cause they mentioned like him walking away from a life of crime where I took that book as more, he's walking away from the Riddler persona. He, he was getting sick of the whole Riddler sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was still going to do crime, but just in a different way. And I guess he is still as well i know but he still is the riddler but yeah he's really cool
1: yeah it was it was interesting uh penguin who actually seems to be more plugged into this story than he mm-hmm. has been any other batman store that i can think of
0: yeah he, he's cleaning the house
1: yeah exactly he's he's getting in there he's a uh, playing hard in the paint also thank you everyone for uh hosting the stream there i just saw those come across There, always appreciate it Again, uh, anything you can do for the show while we're live, uh, never expected, always appreciated, be it hosting, be it be dropping some bits, be it be giving a donation, which uh, Matt and I split totally halfsies. Don't be giving us odd number donations (laughs) or we'll have to fight over it. (laughs) man that'd be some shit some guy comes in spends an odd numbered amount of money knowing we'll fight yeah. over it <laughs> uh but yeah the the batman book is cool i'm digging it uh it's you know it's a, I appreciate that it's a batman who's really interested in solving mysteries and using his brain mm-hmm. which we haven't really gotten
0: yeah yeah it it, it kind of goes well with uh tomasi's detective comics which you also had this week which is very uh, yes. batman as a detective uh, solving crimes even like supernatural crimes that still have that sort of realism in mm-hmm. it whereas in in this in this one where he stops that cult we get like monsters but then you find out like the leader was doing it just for fucking tax purposes
1: just for money like like all great cult leaders uh what is it he started as one thing then started buying his own hype i love that story too because i'm a huge uh like, lover and knower of uh, pagan uh, lore mm-hmm. and history. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're Vikings and they worship the sun. Oh, thank you, uh, Necromancer. Thank you for following. Yeah. Which it's one of those weird times where reading the book where I was actually like totally ahead of the story, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, these Vikings, they celebrate Yule. Yule is the progenitor to Christmas yeah. and everything. So they're going on a Christmas crime spree. How fun is that?
0: Yeah, it, it was really cool. And it, it was cool. As well as, like, continuing that whole, like, it's supernatural, but there's still that element of realism where, like, that Mm. giant Norse guy who we all thought was, like, actual, like, a Viking villain is just, like, some guy that was brainwashed and drugged into thinking he was...
1: They, they gave him literal berserker drugs to make him go crazy which i really appreciated that that they, they uh, uh tomasi also finds a fun way to to deal with a problem that i imagine a lot of batman stories are going to have to deal with going forward and that is there's no alfred now so who the fuck is batman going to talk to without looking like a crazy person
0: yeah the answer is like his audio logs and when yeah. they, when he doesn't have them is lucius
1: yeah i i got, you gotta think without lucius this may be, be one like the loneliest batman has ever been because mm-hmm. damien's not really in his life anymore dick still thinks he's rick grayson so no one no one's no one's coming by the house anymore for sunday dinner alfred's dead
0: yeah yeah he's very much alone and hopefully they deal with a story like like i i was kind of thinking they were going to do this because this was like a christmas story and it's like usually christmas yeah, is yeah. about family and whatnot and here we have bruce more or less alone
1: yeah i have no idea what batgirl is doing over in her book at the moment it's been so long since i've uh, checked out that book mainly because they can't keep a consistent writer Mm -hmm. to save their life they keep changing it up
0: yeah i have no idea what she's doing either
1: yeah well so there's some early comic talk everyone at the top of the show just to just to blow your mind and just to say you didn't get any uh we do actually have some news in fact we have Uh, quite a lot of news actually it was a pretty eventful week all things considered it
0: was yeah Uh,
1: i guess starting things off on the app side of things uh is disney star wars obi-wan kenobi on hold maybe even indefinite hold i've been hearing conflicting things about this all week
0: yeah i've been hearing things that say like oh it's on hold until the summer yet it Mm. was filming in the summer to begin with so yeah like, if it's on hold, then it can't be on hold for very long, like mere weeks, days even. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's very strange. And at first I didn't think much of them, but then like, like, uh, Dateline Hollywood and all that sort of Hollywood Reporter. Picked all up on it, yeah. Started picking up on it. But yeah, it was very strange that they kept saying that it's on hold until the summer when it's filming in the summer.
1: I uh, I heard some stuff too from people who sounded like they at least knew someone close to the production, and the way they kind of made it sound was like, uh, "Yes, it's on hold, but it's not as bad as you think. It's for something that's actually kind of silly."
0: Yeah, I, I'd imagine if it would be something like that. And yeah, you get like the the usual people that saying, "Oh, it's because." Uh, kathleen kennedy stole the scripts Mm. and and, naturally he's he's getting (laughs) ryan johnson to rewrite them and all that all that Mm. bullshit um oh
1: yeah because of course day can't go by without star wars conspiracy theories because you know (laughs) star wars conspiracy theory youtubers need to to eat and tell us you know the five (laughs) reasons why kathleen kennedy is a lizard person from the future who has come back in time (laughs) yeah to ruin star wars is all part of a big plan to prepare us for the reverse vampires and the chum group. <laughs> it's all there, people. Or should I say, sheeple? <laughs> Follow the money, maybe. <laughs> it's all here in Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, honestly you know again if it is delayed i hope it's because you know they are trying to fine-tune it and try and make it better although hilariously you get people like that too who are like oh you know that last uh, set of star wars movies failed because they went in without a plan and they rushed ahead okay well we're gonna wait a while with obi-wan how dare you wait with obi-wan i yeah. want it now
0: yeah it's like oh wow so like you people who've been you know lamenting that they need a plan and when they say we're stopping to come up with a plan you still get mad yeah it's it's so strange but uh, yeah i've heard like i've heard that like, maybe uh what's his name dave filoni might be involved as I well hope so uh whether he be uh writing or maybe even directing an episode or just overseeing it May, that that'd be pretty cool especially since when the show would take place since it would be right between like that rebels time so you'd mm-hmm. have a good, good handle on those characters at that point
1: i'd like that a lot actually speaking of uh another story that we were going to talk about i put it later in the list but fuck it let's talk about it now because we're on a star wars kick anyway the star wars clone Wars season finale trailer or the new season trailer i guess it's the finale because it's the last one until maybe they do another one i don't fucking know <laughs> I, I i didn't think they'd do this one but apparently they're like hey clone wars guess what we have more <laughs> I, I remember when they first dropped this news at like Star Wars Celebration a couple of years back. I had a moment of like, really, more Clone Wars? Didn't didn't you guys guys kind of get that story out all the way in one go? But then I saw this trailer, and I'm like, okay, you won me over. I kind of want to see what
0: else you got to show me. <laughs> yeah, I, I am am engaged. Yeah, no, I I I liked the the ending when we got those like Netflix uh that Netflix season season six. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked the ending where it did that and i like that we we got to see like the animatics of like some arcs and everything and mm-hmm, yeah but yeah mm-hmm. this this looks like it's going to be telling like the more important arcs that that probably should have been told in season six which is like siege of mandalore uh yeah. wrapping up like like ahsoka stuff for now until we see her in rebels geez uh, the siege
1: of mandalore it's almost like mandalore became really important or something <laughs> in the last little bit <laughs>
0: um again dave filoni he's involved in those these two he loves these mandalorians
1: worlds within worlds man it all connects <laughs> uh this one also looks to be much more of a heavy ahsoka and rex centric story which makes sense because as we see in rebels they make it and continue to have adventures it
0: also makes sense as well because uh as other people were quick to point out and if you know your Star Wars lore, most of this arc actually takes place at the beginning of episode three. So mm. there's going to be overlap mm. and there already is in the trailer. We see overlap uh, with certain scenes from episode three. So, yeah. Them re- referencing direct lines from that movie. Um, so yeah, there's going to be obviously whole arcs where maybe Anakin and Obi-Wan aren't there. Like I know they're not there for the siege of Mandalore because they're busy rescuing uh, Palpatine from Grievous, so Which that'll...
1: is fine by me. We, we've yeah, had yeah. enough obi uh, yeah, enough Obi-Wan and enough uh Anakin. Mm-hmm. Let's give some other characters some time to play, because it really is their
0: show. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: Uh some other people pointed out some interesting stuff. Uh Darth Maul is back again because mm-hmm. you know he was one of the foremost villains there uh in the show at that point and he's back to using the double-sided red lightsaber but as people were quick to point out oh he actually took a piece of his old one and a piece of his new one and actually put them together and i'm like that is an insane attention to detail
0: oh yeah this is dave felote he's not you know no slack in those uh detail things and it's even better because uh the mocap for this is ray park
1: yes which i which that blew my mind too where i'm like man I don't think you can find a better example of a character who got saved in Canon than Darth Maul.
0: Yeah. They made him interesting.
1: They really, really did. And again, I'm like, am I actually getting excited to see more Darth, but I'm getting more (laughs) excited to see Darth Maul in something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, definitely this is going to be interesting and Hey, it's going to be Disney plus. So get ready for that. Another reason to get the app if you don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are they releasing this all at once? Or are they going to do this weekly like they're doing all the other shows? I'd
0: imagine it'd be weekly.
1: All right. I fair think enough. It's
0: weekly. I think they they made it weekly so that I think the final episode comes out on May 4th.
1: That's f- Oh, that's fitting. Yeah. That's fitting. I like that. So, yeah. Clone Wars final season. I'm excited for it. Go back and do more Rebels after this, please.
0: Well, apparently we we're getting a Rebels sequel in 2021.
1: Ooh, real? Well, well, do, do tell explain more of this because i've it's said just,
0: just rumors at the moment but it kind of makes sense since resistance ended yesterday yes it uh, did we, we've got this show coming and then that show will end and then there's no they haven't announced any new animated project after that nope they so, have yeah. not so i imagine that'll be coming up soon because there's so many leftover plot threads from rebels very
1: yeah i have said before and i'll say it again rebels is probably my favorite thing of the modern disney era of star wars so i'm very excited to see them uh uh, potentially go back and do a little more of it because yeah they definitely leave it open for another sequel where ezra is gone and missing and everything and they're gonna you know mount a rescue mission in uncharted space
0: yeah well not only that the show then remember also leaps forward to after return of the jedi where we see uh hera and her son who she had with kanan uh, that's right you see ahsoka and sabine going off into the unknown regions to look for um ezra
1: like that's a show you can't tell me that's not a show right yeah, there yeah also too now that we especially know that somewhere out in the unchartedness of space palpatine is alive again <laughs> there's some he survived which, I, you can't tell me at some point Ezra didn't meet uh, Palpatine in The Flash, and it's just like, hey man, what's up?
0: I, I, I you alive actually again. like that, since obviously we, he, he met him in Rebels, as like the f- weird force ghost, as Chancellor Palpatine thing. yeah um so yeah it'd be cool to which i actually see. loved how yeah it was i great. loved
1: how they handled that actually yeah, yeah that he he met palpatine didn't put together the emperor thing and he only met him through like yeah through like weird uh like visions mm-hmm. so that would be a fun thing to do if they want to then also just to see the characters grow up too i want to see what adult ezra looks like
0: yeah adult ezra Hera's kid oldest scene, mm-hmm. especially since since we've learned like what happens with the dark saber and everything
1: yeah and it's new that's the other thing too it's yeah. like these are new characters in uncharted space in star wars not connected to any of the movies or any of the other stuff it's allowed to be new yep but yeah so uh that's your star wars talk do we have anything else star wars related to talking about matt now that we're on a big star wars kick has anything else happened in the world of the wars that we need to mention
0: i don't think so no
1: No, I think we got it all. All right, then. So what else for news there? Uh, Ooh, again, keeping with the app uh, news as we are, uh, it was made official this week that Marvel has canceled Hulu's Howard the Duck and the Tigra and Dazzler shows. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I think we all kind of felt this one was coming. What with uh, Kevin Feige taking over the television arm of Thing and consolidating his power in the Outer Rim.
0: <laughs> they 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 actually announced that it's called now like Marvel TV Studios or something.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. got like a more official name. Mm. Uh, it's funny. These shows are dead, which I'm going to assume the Hitmonkey show is dead too. But the MODOK show... Seems to live on if only through the merit of the fact that it looks to be further along in production than these other shows. And also, they've cast Modoc and cast a bunch of people for the Modoc show. And they got a really good cast, too. Pat and is going to be Modoc. That's perfect. That is perfect. I'm like, I love this already. And the way they were kind of pitching it too, it's like, oh, you know, it's a Modoc family comedy, him trying to like balance life and super villainy and everything. I'm like, man, you know, if that Harley Quinn show is any indication, you can actually do a lot with very little in that regard and have it be very funny and very cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I'm actually looking forward to that. Hopefully it doesn't get cancelled.
1: Yeah, I know, right? It really shouldn't this far along because they announced uh what is it the modok stuff and then they announced this just a couple days later yeah so
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do now like whether they continue doing like uh animation mm. stuff because obviously we've got like the modok show if it doesn't get canceled and what if uh, yeah, yeah disney yeah. plus so it'll be interesting to see if they do more what ifs after this i guess first season is finished or whether they, they really should
1: new. If, if we've said it once we've said it a million times and that is come on guys your are marvel disney animation is your bread and butter you're not gonna make movies out of all of these characters why why can't you make a really good cartoon a really good animated movie out of some of them
0: yeah bob Iger didn't buy pixar for nothing
1: apparently not yeah Uh, Oh, Devin the Great brings up a great point in the chat, saying, I wanted the Howard the Duck show. Kevin Smith would have done him justice. Yeah, that's funny that they axed the Howard the Duck thing with it, because, again, they had Kevin Smith attached to it. And Kevin Smith's star has been a little bit on the rise again after, you know, rechristening himself as a pretty reliable director of television.
0: Yeah, well, he's still busy. He's got that uh, Masters of the Universe show coming out. That's
1: right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, uh, did, did I mention I finally did watch uh, the Jane Silent Bob reboot? Oh, yeah. What did you think of it? It was fun. Again, it's certainly not his best movie. I think my favorite joke is him, like, straight up saying as himself, yeah, you know, I almost died, and so then I guilt-tripped all my famous friends to be in this new movie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that makes – how did you get all your famous friends back for this because of that? <laughs> and also the fact that we that we get to see amy's kid and that it's jason muse's real life daughter but kevin smith's daughter is playing jay the character's daughter and it's a whole thing yeah. <laughs> that they basically traded daughters for on screen that was pretty funny <laughs> or the fact that the that the cock knocker troopers are all colored like deathstroke
0: yeah i was thinking oh did like arrow wasn't using the costumes anymore did they just like let him borrow them <laughs>
1: I mean, they let him borrow Supergirl for a little bit, so yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) she's funny. Supergirl, Monel, and Brainiac. (laughs)
1: She's she's pretty funny, uh, Melissa Benoit. I hope that she has like a good post uh, comedy career because she's actually quite versatile as an
0: actress. Yeah, she's pretty funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like that they got because you know she's so wholesome and everything else. She gets to smoke dope with Val Kilmer and play against type. (laughs) And all I can think is like, huh, hey, I want to smoke pot with Val Kilmer and play against type. Hey, Val, tell me about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> I was speaking of movies I saw, too. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I enjoyed it when I was watching it, although I definitely had a moment when I was done where I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Nothing really happened for two hours in that movie.
0: <laughs> I think that's probably the point of it i think so too again dalton doesn't learn shit
1: no he really he really doesn't the only good thing that happens to him is by sheer luck and happenstance and they don't really answer any questions or any mysteries Uh, i know a lot of people are making a big deal out of the bruce lee thing how they're even implying that bruce lee could potentially lose a fight but man that actor does a goddamn pitch perfect bruce lee impression
0: yeah he's really great you know isn't he
1: Man, can can we like do like a new Bruce Lee biopic and have that guy be Bruce Lee in it? Because like it feels almost like going to waste to not have him do more.
0: I, I wanna say he's played him before. Right. Okay. I his name's Mike Mo. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's done it before.
1: Cause he's really fucking good. But yeah, so uh, that's two movies I saw this week, and that's two shows that unfortunately I uh, got the axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, What else do we got going on here? Oh, again, more in the realm of television and comic books and apps where they all cross over. We're we're in the golden age of app television, Matt, or as I like to call it, the superhero app television arms race. It's a mouthful, I know. I'm going to need to shorten it up a little bit. But uh, (laughs) Garth Ennis is apparently uh, reteaming with Derek Robinson, and they're coming back for another boy's story, a special boy's one shot called The Boy's Dear Becky. Becky, of course making reference to becky butcher bill butcher's uh wife who yeah, is killed
0: it, it's seemingly gonna tell the story about her or like maybe yeah. she died stuff and stuff like that
1: because uh, despite the fact that, you know, her death is a big motivating factor for Butcher in the comics, there's there's very little written about her because that's just kind of how the boys is. It's a little underwritten, which I give endless credit for, to the show, which actually, hey, I, I actually caught up and finished the show this week. I was yeah. like two episodes from the end and finally finished it. And wouldn't you know, it Butcher's wife <laughs> – does way more with the wife, and she plays a huge part by the end. And even uh, in the interview they gave uh, with Ennis when they asked him, like, oh, you know, why? Why more the boys? Why now? And he's like, oh, well, there's more interest now because of the show, and I feel like there's some stuff I could go back and change and probably make some money, too. And also, people actually like the changes the show made, so maybe I can go back and change some shit,
0: too. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what he's doing
1: i i love ennis for being honest where he's just like yeah the boys is popular now and i would like to make some money Mm -hmm. and also they they actually gave me some ideas that i want to try and put in my own thing and i'm like good on you for being honest ennis
0: yeah it would be interesting as well because we've obviously season two is it's either been filmed or is in almost finished being filmed it'd be interesting to see if like any of this story makes it in Mm -mm. like yeah or or like like the season two storyline dictated this comic
1: yeah, I will be interested in that, too, because, again, the boys, I'm not going to call it underwritten, but, again, it feels like, you know, he basically took one pass at this when he was really angry one time and didn't – he probably didn't think anyone would bother to adapt this all these years later. So I do appreciate him for going back and being like, all right, let's fill in some blanks here, why don't we? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, no, that, that that's great. Yeah, he could have just left it as, like, this early 2000s edgy comic, which mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he absolutely was. But yeah it's, oh, yeah, it's good he's going back and actually adding some depth and detail to these characters now.
1: I'm I'm really interested to to see what 2020 Bend or uh, Ennis is going to be. See, fucking Brian Michael Bendis has infected my mind with worms. I'm auto completing his name. I'm interested what modern day 2020 Ennis would be like going back to one of his old works. Which again, you know, you read The Boys, and it feels like he's just excising a lot of demons mm-hmm. uh, from his time in the comic book industry. And I would say one of the reasons I like Ennis so much and why I think Ennis keeps getting work is that unlike his contemporaries, (coughs) Millar (coughs) Miller, uh, he actually grows as a human being. And he also doesn't take himself near as seriously as those other two guys do. So he's not afraid to make fun of himself and admit when he's wrong and shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen interviews with him and everything and he seems like a really nice dude.
1: Yeah, he's like, comics should be fun, guys. And even though I think that comes from like getting such great accolades early on with Preacher Mm -hmm. in his career where it's like, oh, you know, this is an unfilmable classic. You know, this is like, you know, part of the comic tapestry and oeuvre now forever. It's beyond reproach. And it's like, yeah, I I was just getting out some stuff from being a (laughs) Catholic schoolboy and there was a butt-faced man in it. And that's pretty cool. I'm glad you like it. (laughs) But, but he never got, like, Alan Moore about it. Like, when people talk about, uh, like, Killing Joke and Watchmen, and he's like, oh, it's all just bullshit, isn't it? You know, I just, I, I just crap out amazing works all the time because I'm Alan
0: Moore. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get pretentious about it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure if Ennis heard that, he'd just be like, oh, piss off your anchor. <laughs> he's he's Irish, but he's not that kind of Irish. <laughs> but uh yeah so more boys that's interesting i'll definitely have to check this one out i wonder if my channel will give a shit about this if uh, i cover it
0: that's what i was thinking i was like hmm, can i cover this can i can i make this video for children
1: yeah, oh yeah 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 that's the real problem the boys fun for the whole
2: family <laughs>
1: uh so hey moving on there from you know uh comic creators doing good to another comic creator making good and no doubt making a lot of money rick remember or is it remember or remender remender Remender.
0: yeah i always get it confused as well
1: there's an m in there but for some reason again brainworms it wants to auto complete always to rick remember you know i always remember rick (laughs) how can you forget him But yes, Rick Remender signed a three-year deal with Sony, and they're going to be turning Fear Agent into a show, and it's already been picked up by Amazon, interestingly enough. I guess the boys did so good, Amazon also wants to be in the -the outside-the-box superhero comic book adaptation business.
0: Hey, if they give them the budget they gave... uh the boys are more than happy to hear. they they seem to be very well accommodating to these comic book adaptations and and may, maybe again it might be like an Ennis thing where like this sparks remended to like return to this and updated or something
1: they definitely seem to be picking uh picking their properties pretty well god mm-hmm. damn i would uh, become fucking dr seuss there for picking their properties pretty well <laughs> <laughs> rick remember wrote a <laughs> unintentional tongue twisters over here uh, yeah i'll admittedly say that i don't know much about fear age and i always saw it on the shelf and i know people liked it so maybe now is the time to get into it now that i know they're going to be turning it into a show when,
0: when i was uh, making the thumbnails for this i was like looking looking it up i'm like hey this looks really cool it's like space adventures and weird aliens mm. and it's very like 1960s pulpy
1: yes i can tell with the helmet designs this looks like very uh like flash gordon or some Mm. shit
0: yeah it looks really cool this be something i'd love to cover but i doubt it'd do well
1: (laughs) well again wait wait for the show to come there's another comic youtuber out there i forget his name but he was definitely smart to be in the right place at the right time when the boys came out he basically had like hey here's you know covering of all the volumes and he put it out at just the right time. And he wrote the algorithm perfectly. I don't think anyone knew the boys was actually going to become as popular as it did when it did. But that guy was in the right place at the right time. And I think he cleaned up pretty good on it. Nice. So, you know, fuck you, colleague out there. I I, <laughs> I, I hate when other people in my business do well, man. <laughs> No, I don't. That's good, because that means we all do good and everything. Could you imagine that if I was just that much of a petty asshole? I hate it when other people in my line of work do good.
0: I <laughs> hate hey, people I'm a... like that out there.
1: Oh, they are. Uh, what is it? I become a uh, freaking whatchamacallit, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis as the oil baron there. I hate most people. I drink your comic milkshake. <laughs> I suck it all up. (laughs) A bastard in a basket talking about Fear
2: Agent.
1: (laughs) But yeah, we are at interesting times when it comes to these show adaptations. We got Fear Agent, we got The Boys... Uh, I, you know, I'll include that Watchmen show in there, too, and even uh, something like Umbrella Academy. It's like all the traditional superheroes from Marvel and DC have already either been, you know, bought up or have projects in development. So we're seeing more and more interesting indie stuff. Oh, lock and key. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's coming out very soon, isn't it?
1: it is shockingly soon they just like uh uh, showed the trailer and then it's like hey here it comes everybody which is
0: really ironic because it spent like years in like development hell going from like one studio to another and then all of a sudden it's made it's coming out in you know five days
1: It's it, it really is crazy, but I guess it speaks to the quality of it where everyone knew it's like, no, 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 there there is something here. This will make money, this will do good. Also, hey, Joe Hill is actually Joe King, son of Stephen King, and Stephen King properties always do well. Yeah. So once people know about that connection, mm-hmm. I'm sure this will do pretty well
0: too.
1: Yeah. Good uh good on uh Joe too there for not taking his dad's name there for such a huge chunk of time.
0: Yeah, it, it it shows he wants to strike out on his own, and and lock and key is is really damn good. So I'm I'm excited for the for the show.
1: Uh, you know, here's a good question. Actually, the chat uh, has a good one there too. Is Valiant doing any TV shows? They had a web series for a bit, and I know there's that Bloodshot movie coming out <laughs> they had the in the movie next of
0: 2004. Bit
1: yeah i know right man just, here's the fucked up thing uh, like again i i got to tour valiant's offices like way back in the day and they were talking about it even back then yeah. so they've been thinking <laughs> about this and this has been in development for a while. if you do like valiant though keep your eyes peeled to the channel because you might actually be seeing some more valiant stuff down the line actually
0: yeah i really want to cover some valiant stuff like exo man of war and bloodshot and all that it's just it's hard finding a it's place hard to, to like jump on on these books
1: it is especially because they've been going on for so long uh here's a good question matt before we move on to the next topic because we've had like a nice little through line going of you know outside the box comic books being turned into tv shows what would you like to see turned into a tv show of all the different outsider comics you've read all the more indie stuff Ooh, hmm there's
0: so many good ones out there um i uh
1: here's the thing I I actually got two shows that spring to my mind right away and they're shows that they already made pilots of and the networks passed on them okay Uh, one is Six Gun from Cullen Bunn oh yep which I think in an era where Westerns are kind of coming back in a big, bad way, and if frickin' Tarantino wants to make a couple episodes of Bounty Law and make that real, I think they should really jump on the six-gun bandwagon, because you could make that show for fairly cheap, go out to Monument Valley, uh, get some guns that do some crazy magic shit. I think that would be great, and also Scalped from Jason Aaron, which, again, they almost made.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I scalped I, I was really looking forward to uh and sh- shame it like got passed on but yeah it was
1: it was gonna be on wgyn which i think is a perfect example of why they couldn't because that's like a really violent book that needs to be on a streaming service like an hbo go or an amazon or something and also i think another hurdle for that show was trying to find that many native actors
0: yeah yeah uh what would i i'd like i i I kind of fell off of it because no one seemed to be interested in it, but I, I kept reading it and that's uh, Tommy gun wizards. Yeah. That'd, that'd make a really go. great. Sure. And it, for some reason they changed the book to machine gun wizards on it's like third issue for, I, I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. It, it's... Did it go
1: to the future? Does does the Thompson machine gun uh, company, were they going to sue? Is that like a brand name?
0: I have no idea. But speaking of, it did kind of go to the future. It was tied into like aliens Aww. and all that sort of stuff. Um, Didn't which, see that coming. It, it was actually a really cool, uh, like sort of flip on its head of whole magic thing. Uh, and Prohibition and Al Capone is like a stooge for like evil sorcerers and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, and Elliot Ness is like, it's like prohibitions like it's not alcohol it's it's magic and he's like secretly using magic and yeah it was, it was pretty damn good
1: i'm about it i'm about all of it so there you go everyone there's a couple shows in the comments section below tell us what uh outside the box indie comic books you would like to see turned into television shows because we're kind of in an era now where they could all happen seemingly because yeah. nothing is too weird
0: anymore anything can happen
1: Anything can happen. (laughs) uh, All right. What other news do we got coming down here? Uh, Oh, hey, Wyatt Russell was captured in uh, set photos wearing his uh, U.S. agent costume for Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh, spoiler for those who may or may not have already saw it, although if you've been on Twitter, it's kind of hard not to see it.
0: Yeah, it, it looks fucking awesome.
1: It does look really cool. Again, he's clearly you know masquerading as captain america like yep i'm steve i'm captain america and i bet you next time we see him it's going to be black
0: oh yeah yeah this is this is his suit that like is just meant to emulate captain america
1: right i'm i'm the fake i'm the phony i'm the puppet a lot of a lot of attention has been paid to the shield though where it's like oh but didn't didn't uh steve give sam the shield at the end of the movie and now he has a shield
0: yeah i imagine the, the government come and take it off sam very,
1: very much like in the context. Because comics.
0: he didn't sa- sign the, uh, the Sokovia Records.
1: Mm-hmm. This Ross is
0: be there to take it off of him.
1: This is this is government property made with government funds. You know, you have to give it back to us now or and here's another thing too because he's the fake captain america it could very well be a fake shield and that could be the big moment of outing him to the public to be like oh i broke the shield that's because it's not made of vibranium
0: yeah that, that could definitely be a, a uh, another thing although it, it looks exactly exactly like the one uh that uh falcon got at the end of endgame it's got like these little dents in the white parts which was mm. a big thing because people were trying to point out that that's not the same shield that cap left with and Everything.
1: Right. There's a lot of interesting places you could go with that one, and I'm definitely excited to see what Falcon and Winter Soldier does with it. Because, yeah. I mean, you, you can basically see the story there laying out in front of your eyes where it's like, you know, Sam tries to make a go of being Captain America. The government steps on in because, yeah, because he didn't sign the Sokovia Accords, and also because he's a black man, because also that, too, yeah, that, 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 that'll that, play that, into that it. All the, <laughs> that'll play into it i i wonder how uh like i wonder how deep into that they'll actually get because obviously a show like luke cage had no problem you know tackling racial issues in america and everything but you know the marvel movies they've kind of gone there but they've kind of like tiptoed around it i wonder
0: i imagine that it'd be in there somewhere somewhere because like us Agent is really kind of like a he's really like right wing like captain
1: america basically He's basically like racist Captain America for huge chunks. And admittedly, some writers have kind of tried to play with that a little bit where it's like, yes, he's right wing Captain America, but his heart is in the right place. He's just really dumb and just can't help but listen to authority. And so evil people keep pointing him in bad directions. But yeah. when Steve comes around, it's like, hey, John, stop being a dick. He stops being a dick when Captain America tells him <laughs> to. <laughs> Again, for all the crap he gets, uh, Nick Spencer did a really good version of him in his yeah. run. Also, too, like he's getting a bit of a push right now, U.S. agent, because he's going to be, uh, what is it in that new Force Works
0: book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He again, it's probably a bit, bit of synergy here with the, mm-hmm. the show because he's gonna be, gonna be a big hot commodity come, come August when the show comes out.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, also, too, you know, uh, the the old U.S. agent stories, like in the Go Between for uh, when he was Cap and when Steve came back and everything, those are still pretty solid stories. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully those ones get some more play and people uh read some more of them because cause I always thought that, you know, that U.S. Agent was a bit of an untapped resource in the Marvel Universe because it's like here you have this backup spare Captain America who leans more to the right, who got forgotten and who people don't really like. And when he does show up, he's usually on the wrong team until he's not, which in many ways makes him kind of the opposite of steve who steve is always right even if he starts out on the wrong side of an issue he'll eventually come to the right side
0: yeah yeah it, it's, it'll be interesting to see like if this show if he's popular enough whether we'll get like like a mini series or mm-hmm. he'll, he'll become a, a larger part of what's going on in captain america at the moment
1: yeah he was in the last couple issues which was mm-hmm. fun yeah again believing all the wrong things because apparently u.s agent only watches like uh, rocks on news
0: and it's like oh cap if they, they say you broke
1: out of prison and you're still part of hydra and like cap tries to be like really gentle it's like john john your heart is in the right place we're gonna sit down one day and have a talk and i'm going to deprogram you but i'm busy right now so fuck off
0: yeah cap just needs to bite the bullet and just call him a fucking idiot. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Uh, he punches him a little bit, (laughs) like, like again. I don't know if you're keeping up with that cat book, but they're like chasing a new version of Scourge, who's killing dirty cops, Mm -hmm. and you know, and a U.S. agent is like, oh, you know, we gotta stop the cop killers, cap. Oh, you know, the real American heroes, and Misty Knight sitting there, and she's like, you know, I was a cop, right? (laughs) before i be before this we're i was a all cop good.
0: we're not a, the, the, like look at what a daredevil is dealing with at the moment
1: <laughs> oh absolutely yeah man so uh yeah so there's your wyatt russell news and man i'm just a big fan of wyatt russell in general and i'm just happy he got to join the marvel universe
0: yeah he's a fantastic actor
1: he is he is totally man overlord was a good movie
0: it really was
1: that was a cool last movie uh Our last story here uh, is, of course, uh, a Justice League-related story, which I was not thinking of talking about. Uh, Much like its paranormal roots, Justice League Dark threatens to come back from the dead to punch its way out of the grave and live again. (laughs) Thanks to J.J. Abrams and uh, Bad Robot, which uh, they say are taking over both the film and TV franchise developments, which that's very weird wording where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to be doing Justice League Dark but it might not be film or it might be film and tv it yeah. might be both we don't know
0: yeah it's it's very strange very very especially considering that that could be something that like the like arrowverse could do
1: yes where it's like yeah, absolutely it's like well you guys have got a constantine and you got a bunch of paranormal heroes hell legends of tomorrow just with the characters it introduced is very close to a justice league dark mm-hmm man how good was that last episode of legends by the
0: way so good (laughs) it's so making a
1: making a hilarious mockumentary them dealing with the new fame of being involved in the crossovers and then organically getting out of
0: it at the end yeah all while trying to fight Rasputin
1: (laughs) friggin rasputin man and then actually moving around a lot of the cast too so we can get new characters i was really not expecting that but maybe that's one of the reasons that legends is so good it's not afraid to shuffle the cast
0: no yeah it it was fantastic and i'm all on board for this new season
1: totally i love the idea of fighting history's greatest villains (laughs) who are unkillable i
0: i I said it like when it originally aired but like all the shows like post-crisis have been pretty fantastic apart from like that mm-hmm. woman which did not really seem to be affected at all um, because
1: i think they had most of that already written and yeah, ready to like, go before the like, prize over
0: like supergirl first episode back we got like comic accurate brainiac five and i saw that and, that and blew that blew my fucking mind yeah and I'm like holy crap this is so damn awesome and they're exploring the world this this week's episode toy man comes back
1: Ooh, uh which one the winslow slot version or his kid
0: well Winslow Slot from another Earth that came onto this Earth when they combined.
1: Oh, interesting! Wow, this the crisis. I hope more shows do this because it sounds like you're saying the crisis gave them the chance for do overs.
0: Yeah, pretty much
1: which is what the comics did forever and i'm glad the shows have finally learned that it's like no no no, you do a crisis then you get a mulligan you get to fix everything you did wrong and it's completely fine to do so yeah
0: and they seem to be taking full advantage of that we haven't seen the flash yet so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing what they do
1: i will be interested in the flash too and i bet that uh cisco isn't going to be there anymore because
2: he
0: wasn't in the other stuff i i do know that they're doing a storyline where like uh what's the name iris like is moved on from barry now because she thought he died uh, even though she right. knew he didn't die
1: <laughs> so they're gonna like break them up you think
0: oh no or oh, the, the uh the preview made it look like oh she's become a strong independent woman he doesn't there's mm-hmm. no damsel in distress i like oh that's gonna last half an episode
1: because doesn't it always the last three times they tried to do that yeah Man, you know, I feel so bad for that actress because Iris is consistently maybe one of the most underwritten characters in all of these shows.
0: Yeah, she's like an afterthought.
1: She really is, and it's not her fault, and they've done everything. They've tried giving her powers. They've tried giving her a kid. They've tried literally every trick in the television writer's uh, bag of tricks, and it hasn't quite worked. No. And it's just like, there's just nothing you can do with her, and it's such a shame and i'm trying to ask myself like well how does iris in the comics not deal with that problem i don't know
0: yeah well even like me reading the book like she's she's in it but like she kind of does like her own thing and like when she's in it she's not in it for very long
1: because she's not lois as much as they try and make her a lois sometime she isn't lois lane yes and they try they really do try they They try and give her they try and give her busy work. They gave her a business where she, like, hired, like, uh, more metahumans to come and work for her. And I'm just like, well, I like, get something, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think it is? I think she was at her best in the first couple seasons when she was dating other people and Barry was pining for her. And it was one of those situations where the chase was better ultimately than the catch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And he can only say i love you so many times and I, he can only say oh i lied to protect you so many times
0: yeah maybe that's what they're doing now maybe that's like this is this is because of all of that like she's sick of mm. all of like all all the usual like going rounds of him dying and having to lie to her and all that she's like fuck it i'm leaving
1: maybe oh Lute skeletor says cisco is in the new episode and there's some pictures floating around of him in a superman shirt huh that's cool
0: cool, cool. I need to catch I like up on that. Black Lightning as well because that just had a recent episode that was uh, post crisis. I finished season one of it, and it, it's a it's a damn fine show.
1: It is, from what I understand. I just never had time to watch yeah. it again. I, I joke about this all the time. I'm hearing about it from my mom who watched, and she's like, "Oh yeah, they got uh, what is it? Uh, what is it? A geo forces country in there, mm-hmm. and the outsiders, and apparently they're talking about like a whole war." in a mark and i'm like really in black lightning holy shit
0: yeah like this first season is it's only like 13 episodes long and it's perfect length like that's what these cw shows need to be there's no fat in it every episode serves a purpose the characters arcs are really damn good
1: when i watched it that was something that stuck out to me it was very well paced Mm -hmm. yeah they they paced it like they didn't think they'd get a season two which is probably how they should always write these
0: yeah i would say though that like I found the first two episodes the hardest to get through just to get into that story. Cause it felt like the first two episodes were shot long before the rest of the season. Cause they probably were. Yeah. And it kind of like felt like a different show a little bit.
1: I'm a cat. I'm a catch up on Batwoman too. Like I say, I have a, uh faith that batwoman will become something great Uh, it just kind of came in a weird place that she didn't get a show until the crises were happening so she is the new kid basically i
0: I don't know what what they're gonna do with this post-crisis i did like in the post-crisis episode they introduced slam bradley i thought that was pretty fun i
1: heard about that that's fucking dope and that's a deep cut and that tells me people in the writer's room actually watch and read comics they
0: introduced him but like they didn't do anything with him they did this whole story where he saved saved batgirl from a speeding train like just pushed her out of the way and for some Mm -hmm. reason people thought they were dating because of that (laughs) oh and it led to this whole article being released about batwoman being lesbian but like that was a whole story of it. i'm like okay now do something else with slam bradley he's really interesting
1: you know you know when i think uh too again and i'm like many episodes behind on batwoman when they deal with her weird home life there it's like why does she have a stepmom and a stepsister now that she never had in the books? So Are you're really reaching that hard to try and fill her uh supporting cast
0: yeah well i think her stepmother just died i think just before oh really yeah i think she yeah yeah she
1: which, just died which man that character might as well have had a sandwich board being like i will die soon <laughs> you know because she literally reminded me of like oliver queen's stepdad from like the yeah. first uh, season of That's arrow what it where it's felt like,
0: well, like where they're like oh we'll just like repurpose the first season of season of arrow but like change characters names
1: i it felt exactly like that and it's like i mean come on why not arrow was just batman begins junior anyway so let's <laughs> just try and do it uh oh yeah also justice league dark that's what started this conversation didn't it
0: (laughs) there's not much to talk about like we keep hearing about these things and nothing ever happens with them
1: no this was in development for the longest time they know there's something to justice league dark they're just not sure how to get there (laughs) we'll get there at some point it should be obvious where it's like yeah paranormal justice league a team of paranormal crime fighters and go
0: yeah i get like that fight like threats that like the Suicide Squad fought in their first film.
1: Yeah, you know you know who really needs to handle this, but they clearly won't be. They need to get the same people who broke the story for uh, Doom Patrol to come and write this.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty cool. I'd like to see them get like um since. The movies have kind of tapped them. People like David F. Sandberg and James Wan involved because of that horror yeah. natural aspect to it. They understand that with their movies.
1: That would be fun. I would like that.
0: Yeah. Although, this whole time like we've we've had Matt Ryan on Legends as as Constantine. Mm-hmm. I can't see mm-hmm. anyone else as Constantine now. He's perfect, Constantine.
1: He is this generation's Constantine, and you love him more now because he survived so many iterations. They killed his show. He came
0: back. Yeah, he's now canon and everything.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, he's literally canon now. I would not want to fill his shoes now. It's like, well, you're not going to do a Justice League Dark with Wonder Woman, I don't think, because she's a little busy in the movies right now. Yeah. I, Although, I, I don't know. Maybe you can because you fucked up the first Justice League. I don't know. <laughs>
0: That's true, yeah. I, I'd actually really like that. Like, she decides to start up her own team, and it's people like like Man Bat and Zatanna and Dead Man.
1: It's like the more you talk about, it, the more it's like that's kind of cool, but also kind of like, hey, sorry, we screwed up the main Justice League. Here's <laughs> Justice League Dark. We promise you'll like it. <laughs> I mean, you could do that, and you don't even have to bother with uh with a with a new Batman or a new Superman. You can just do it because all those other characters haven't been introduced yet. Yeah. shit matt i think this might actually be the way to go all right justice league dark starring wonder woman yeah
0: just said it in the 90s
1: get gal gadot gets her own team yep it's 1992 and uh, they fight the monsters from the trench (laughs) because they're kind of magic right
0: (laughs) and they're getting a solo film
1: (laughs) i still i still cannot believe that
0: (laughs) oh god
1: Who do you think would win in a fight, Matt, the Trench Monsters or Morbius?
0: <laughs> oh, Morbius gets turned into a Trench Monster.
1: Uh, who bites harder, Trench Monsters or Morbius? <laughs> in the comments section below, tell us who bites harder, Trench <laughs> Monsters or Morbius. The answer may surprise you.
0: that's the thing jared leto would actually go and try and find the real trench monsters (laughs) the movie
1: would would never get made because he's such a method actor he needs to find the trench monsters (laughs) he steals one of james cameron's subs and it's just him going lower and lower into the Mariana's trench looking for them (laughs) and they never saw him again (laughs) uh Sometimes I think that there's going to be a Morbius movie and I laugh to myself I'm like, that's not real. I'm like, that's not real. Then I see the trailer and I'm like, oh, fuck me. It is real. Um, a
0: Morbius a Mobius movie that comes out very soon.
1: Very soon. I, 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 I am actually super excited for the Morbius movie, not because I want to see it or because I personally think it's going to be a success. I really just want to gauge other people's reactions to it is what I really want to do. I
0: want to see the type of people that movie draws.
1: Absolutely. I feel
0: crowds are are in the cinema with me.
1: Yeah, I feel I feel like a gambler when that movie comes out. I'm like, all right, I crapped out on Venom. It made a billion dollars, but there was no way we could have seen that coming. Come on, Morbius. No, no one possibly cares that much about Morbius. Come on, come on. Don't let me crap out on this one. (laughs) I feel like I need to do like a stupid Morbius related challenge. Like if Morbius turns out to be a big success, I'll wear fake vampire fangs on stream for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) and i'll I'll draw little mouths on my hands plasma (laughs) call it the morbius challenge coming soon can you have fangs in your mouth for a week well can (laughs) you are you willing to do it let's make this let's make this the new twitter thing everyone hashtag the morbius challenge oh (laughs) jeez Hashtag the Morbius challenge. Come, come on, Sony, you got nothing else going on. <laughs> I know you. I know you want a piece of this. Come on, uh, Morbius challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's basically all the news, everyone. And we're almost at an hour. So uh, and we talked about a little bit about what we read this week at the beginning of the show. So to take us to a full hour, and then we'll switch on over to the interview. I guess we'll just go over to the chat, and if they have any questions, they can just ask away. You can have our un, uh, unfiltered uh, opinion and unbridled attention for the next couple minutes. <laughs> uh, oh, actually, hey, Space Lords got one. Matt and Joel, did you guys hear the news about Captain Marvel 2 being announced and getting the writer from WandaVision? I didn't hear the WandaVision thing.
0: It, it kind of makes sense since we're getting uh, Monica Rambeau in uh, WandaVision.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I guess they want some synergy and some crossover there. That's cool.
0: Yeah, I, I I I will ask you this, like, so we're getting like WandaVision is introducing all mm-hmm. these new characters, Turtles yeah, yeah. introducing new characters, like all these new yeah. movies coming out. Do you think they're like introducing too many new characters at once?
1: it you know the the way you make it sound it does sound a bit like a risk and it maybe does sound like a bit of overkill but i guess it really comes down to how popular are those characters and how much do people like them and do they have a new interesting take on them you
0: know, well, the, the, let's be honest no one's like general audience has no fucking idea who the eternals is absolutely and that's most, true and most comic book fans probably wouldn't either
1: that's, I mean, they, they have one very short-lived series, a bunch of cameo appearances, and a Neil Gaiman miniseries yeah. is really all they have to their name of now.
0: Yeah, and that, that's less than Maybe. what the Guardians had when they got their film.
1: Yeah, at least Guardians had like Abnett and Landing era and like a whole bunch of great Marvel Cosmic stories under their belt. And even then, they didn't really take those as inspiration. They just made it a comedy and kind of let James Gunn put his own unique stamp on it. I wonder. Mm-hmm yeah i really wonder i mean maybe two disney marvels learned a little bit about the algorithm machine and where it's like look if we introduce these characters people are want to go and research these characters and they're going to be talking about them and like looking up on them and maybe buying their old books and everything and maybe that'll be good
0: for us yeah well i imagine by the time eternals comes out we'll have a series for them
1: yeah oh without a doubt uh jersey luck what did you think of wonder woman 750 uh, i did read the 5g bit because i knew that was going to be important i was going to cover the 5g bit until i realized it was only like three or four pages
0: yeah I, I read the whole issue it was great like it was a great collection of stories that just kind of showcase wonder woman's character all the different faucets of it uh i have steve orlando got to finish up his story which saw wonder woman get her bracelets and whip and everything yeah, yeah. back um to move on to the next, next big storyline. And then, yeah, we had the, the 7g, uh, the 5g bit, which saw Wonder Woman's first sort of appearance, saving, uh, Franklin Roosevelt from, uh, assassins i'll save you roosevelt <laughs> and she did i like her costume is kind of retro
1: oh also to the uh, the gail simone story which uh brought back star bloom the little girl who could control flowers which was actually a character that simone invented for yeah. her last like big 75th anniversary
0: yeah yeah it was nice seeing stuff like that come back that was a really nice story as well she just like it was help, helps wonder woman and then they have a barbecue
1: yeah, the first one was nice too. You know, Simone is excellent at that. You know, uh, marrying superhero craziness with just like down to earth slice of life. Nests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got going on here? Uh, thoughts on recent stuff surrounding sean gordon murphy's take on editorial i wouldn't say he took on editorial it's just like hey here's some stuff from the last uh issue of batman white knight which i really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. he would have done a little differently i think they made him cover up some nudity and he fought to like move some covers around to you know uh make the reveal with bane be more shocking which worked
0: yeah it, it certainly did did work as as well i have to i have to feel like it was also tied into the most recent reveal which we got which is like yeah bruce wayne isn't a wayne at all
1: at all yeah unexpected didn't see that coming yeah, I,
0: I thought that was brilliant and as i said in my review this whole thing like kind of adapting nightfall has adapted it even better than the actual original story and has actually made it interesting
1: and also to add an extra layer to the joker for him to being yeah. like this this is what makes me laugh the fact that your entire fortune is stolen that you fight criminals when you're actually descended from like the greatest criminal in gotham history i
0: really like that idea because that that posits the idea that, that this joker always knew that bruce wayne was Batman mm-hmm. and yeah his whole persona is i i have a huge smile on my face because i know the truth and have always known the truth
1: that i've been fucking with you this long also too great stuff for harley quinn honestly when you stop and break it down white knight is as much about her as it is about batman or the joker because she creates the plan that gets everything rolling in the original white knight and here she kind of takes back a lot of her power and really becomes batman's confidant and sidekick here for this last little bit
0: as jack says like she's she's overcome the joker and humiliated him and in a way become Mm -hmm. his greatest enemy uh, which like i love surpassing batman i think essentially making her the white knight
1: yes well again they imply well, batman himself said that at the end of the first yeah. one where it's like no jack wasn't the white knight it was you and even more so here in this story where it's like yeah harley is the white knight no doubt about yeah, it
0: probably my my favorite definitive version of of harley quinn yeah it's really bar. this is the bar that's been set it's
1: really goddamn good uh, what else there a uh, secret ball sauce? Uh, what are your hopes for spoilers hercules and guardians of the galaxy? Yes We finally got some more stuff on hercules
0: We were, right. we, were we talked about this the week before it happened. <laughs>
1: The comic multiverse bump—we were totally right. We got to see the Olympians, the new Olympians in their new powers, and we got to see Hercules, and it's really fucking cool. I I hope Hercules joins the team because this team looks to be much more different than any other Guardians team we've seen before.
0: Yeah, I like that this team also makes a callback cool to like the like when Star Lord started the original Guardians. how it was just like him, yeah. and Rocket, and Groot. Now it's just him and and Rocket, and then like phylavel and marvel boy just kind of like join in
1: i love how they recruit marvel boy it's just like hey you going on a cosmic adventure hey i get a push every couple of years can i come and join
0: <laughs> hey i was in royals i i was really good in that series
1: i was hey i'm a i'm a grant morrison invention everybody can i <laughs> can i come play in your sandbox uh
0: but yeah i i really like that the olympian gods are now like uh villains that are just like cleaning up the galaxy and we got uh hercules who looks really cool here and he's he's obviously not a villain no yeah uh, but yeah i i hope he joins the team i've been waiting for yeah. the storyline to to like be picked up since the end of no road home and it's
1: fitting that ewing does it because he helped write uh no mm-hmm. surrender and no road home apparently all those writers uh every so often talk to each other and be like hey are you gonna pick this up uh, are you gonna pick that up if not i'll do it <laughs> uh lewd skeletor with a good one who would you guys cast as bruce wayne on batwoman i assume that they'll probably pull uh, what supergirl did and introduce him in season two yeah good question
0: huh i know it'll be, have to be someone that cw can afford to keep bringing back every now and then yeah. so name actor.
1: someone in the chat said nikolai Koster waldo and i'm like oh they're <laughs> not happen. gonna be able to afford <laughs>
0: That it'd be nothing. fun
1: but they ain't gonna afford him i mean in fairness i didn't know who tyler hoechlin was until he showed up as superman and he's great
0: yeah he's fantastic
1: <laughs> so i trust their ability to find someone good mm-hmm. uh, someone said jensen ackles i don't know can they afford jensen ackles
0: anymore oh he's got supernatural finishing up this year what else has he got going for him he's, yeah, he's not like, I don't, he's I don't not know like his his brother in that show that's starring in the new walker texas ranger reboot <laughs>
1: walker texas ranger uh tevi uh matt and joel what do you think of the whole 5g thing do you think it's gonna work or blow up in their faces i mean if it doesn't then they'll just get rid of it the way that dc always does i have no faith in any new continuity device that dc invents because either be it multiple earths or hyper time or whatever the fuck else 5g now they're just gonna get rid of it in a couple years
0: yeah it never stays around so there's no point like door dwelling on it (laughs) yeah nothing nothing ever sticks
2: uh
1: Oh, Loot Skelter saying, no, what he was talking about was Murphy sub-tweeting and acting aggressive towards a female editor who worked at Marvel who got a ton of flack and had to delete it. tweets. no, Loot I did not see okay. that, Lude Skelter. Oh, yikes. That that okay. gets a yikes from me. Why
0: was he acting aggressive? What was this Marvel editor doing?
1: I mean, I guess we'll have to go back and look at those tweets, but, oh, that's a that's a spicy meatball there. We'll have to go back and look at that. Yeah uh but um what else we got going on <laughs> uh crusader con do you guys have access to krakoa because all of your guesses say yes also can i join <laughs> man what what would our biome be matt if we lived in krakoa if we were mutants who got to live there what uh what would it look like
0: uh i don't know
1: fridges filled with cans of zevia <laughs> that the marauder <laughs> smuggled in for me yeah <laughs> you know big lazy boy chairs made of vines
0: yeah you'd have to have like the sex room because every every house apparently in krakoa has one
1: Uh, well naturally i mean because you gotta you gotta make more mutants that's the law that's (laughs) right there (laughs) it's like you know at lunchtime where it's like oh time to clock off you know here in krakoa it's like oh it's bone time everybody time to get down in the bone
0: room time to cock on
1: cock on and everyone is much happier for it and their society works very well (laughs) That's that's why Kitty Pride's so upset why she can't go through the portal and get to Krakow. She's like, man, missing a lot of bone time, apparently.
0: <laughs> that's the sole reason why she's trying to get there.
1: <laughs> it's what everyone keeps telling me about. I can't I can't get in the bone
2: room.
1: <laughs> uh Space Lord, do you guys think we can ever get an Earth 2 book? Honestly, the more time that goes on, the less I think they're gonna do it, especially now that they've brought back the original jsa and earth 2 for all intents and purposes was just kind of a younger hipper updating to the uh jsa formula
0: yeah earth 2 does still exist at least as of the last issue of dial h for hero um Uh. but whether or not like it will after this whole like doomsday clock stuff because it's not mentioned in the end of doomsday clock issue 12 i don't think they mentioned stuff yeah. like earth 1985 and all mm-hmm. these different earths but they don't mention earth 2 so yeah i imagine it's just going to be like uh the jsa earth again like just i also classic jsa
1: it's like i also wouldn't want more earth 2 unless tom taylor was working on it because yeah. he wrote it the longest stretch of time and he's clearly busy with the other things
0: yeah yeah or he provided like story outlines or something for a, yeah, a, yeah. another competent writer like scott that Liddell.
1: too yeah like scott labdell i mean obviously he can finish <laughs> the story he can finish the fight uh dante kelly says hey Jill and matt go go power rangers the second power rangers book is ending any chance of a story so far man dante i would love to go back and do more power ranger stuff i am so ridiculously behind and every so often people will tell me about the cool shit that's happening there and i'm like i want to read that but i can't
0: yeah i saw some really cool i saw something i don't know whether it was for like like some fan created, or whether it's for like a crossover series but like shredder becomes the green ranger like there's a crossover with yes. Teenage mutant ninja turtles or something
1: yes that was uh yeah that was the power rangers ninja turtles one god
0: damn that's awesome
1: that looks really cool oh loot skeletor saying that the person uh, murphy got into a bit of a twitter fight with was oh heather antos oh okay yeah i that's a yikes, because I actually kind of know Antos. I've got a couple degrees of Kevin Bacon, and she's been very nice and very cool, and not the kind of person I would pick a fight with. That's no. ooh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. Ugh, unfortunate. Uh, okay, we'll try and uh, answer a couple more. Uh, ba-dum-ba-dum, need to catch up on the Ninja Turtle books. Uh, I guess it just ended TMNT Power Rangers, because everyone's saying it's great in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Uh space lord what about an earth 3 book following the crime syndicate i would read it i'm honestly shocked they haven't tried to do something like that sooner
0: yeah well they've just brought back earth 3 and uh, they're involved with perpetua at the moment so yeah i imagine we might get something from them once this is all wrapped up
1: i get man i love the ass pull that tynan does to try and explain (laughs) how bendis brought back Earth three even though they were all dead and it was destroyed seamless is like perpetual oh yeah i've always been watching out for the evil Earth because you know they're more susceptible to doom and part of my plan that
0: felt like like it's like oh fuck ben has brought these back now i have to fucking like free- oh just worlds going to doom and because of that doom worlds are being reborn and healed
1: <laughs> yeah that was literally <laughs> just a don't think about it too much
0: yeah <laughs> god damn it
1: just don't think about it too much. Uh, one last one here from uh, Devin the Great, and he says, "Hey Joel, I'm mad. Do you have a Marvel the End uh, one-shot pitch? Obviously, Marvel the End has been going on right now. I read the Venom one, and I breezed through the Miles Spider-Man one. I think the Deadpool one came out this week too, but I actually haven't been keeping up with them.
0: I haven't read any of them. <laughs> I read, oh, I read all... like the old uh, back mm. when it came out. The um, uh, the whole the End the, was the, the, the Wolverine one." one.
1: Yeah, that one and the Hulk one were pretty solid. They're cool. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I didn't think Venom or Deadpool would get the end books, but they did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they that, that Venom one was really nuts and went into a lot of directions to be like, yo, and at the end of the universe, Venom is the last organic being because, you know, he's got the codexes going on. So basically all of humanity exists inside Venom because he's touched everyone at some point or another by the end of time. It just went around touching folk just touching (laughs) like, like literally that, what it, that's what it is. And there's a group of mechanicals and, you know, we're kind of doing the mass effect thing where it's the last of the organics versus the ruling mechanicals, which actually isn't too far from what Hickman talks about in his X-Men future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it kind of lines up and kind of makes sense. And like Venom's got to fight the robots for the right to reseed the human race. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Venom greatest hero of mankind saving the human race. (laughs) That's always fun. I don't know what I would do. Uh, Squirrel Girl, the end. What's she going to be like on a world that's nothing but her and
0: squirrels? It would be a paradise.
1: <laughs> I know, right? That, that's the thing. Like, that would be the joke. Like, all the end books are really dark and grim because everyone's died and, you know, the world is over and it is the end. Let's do a Squirrel Girl book. But her, like, dark future is actually super bright and happy. <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, in the future, you know, like, you could do the really fucked up version of that, too. Like, Squirrel Girl has died, but there's just a bunch of sentient squirrels puppeting her from the inside, Weekend in Police style. (laughs) And it's just the squirrels talking to themselves at the end of the world. See, look, I I can write an end story. You just got to think of the most dark, fucked up future you can think of. (laughs) That that Hulk one was especially fucked up. The, the old one they did, mm. which actually fits very much in line with Immortal Hulk now, with Banner being like, oh, I can't even die because every time I try and shoot myself, the Hulk stops the bullet.
0: Yeah, yeah. That one was very dark.
1: Very dark. Very, very dark. Much like what we're getting now from a <laughs> Mortal Hulk. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone, I guess that'll just about do it for the show. Thank you for coming and hanging out. Thank you for the questions and everything. But don't go away. Hey because you actually got more show coming very soon. So until then, Matt and myself will say goodbye to you right now. Yes. And uh, with that, everyone, I will throw on over to myself from the past. So, hey, Joel from the past, what do
0: you got for us? (laughs) See you, everyone.
1: Bye-bye and thank you future me yes that's right everyone it's time for another comic multiverse interview segment have a wonderful guest with me today you've actually seen her once before in fact uh actually i think with two guest appearances here i think you are the i think you're leading the pack in uh, yes. comic multiverse guest appearances and i actually got your video working this time so i feel pretty good about that as well
3: as a Canadian, I am honored and thank you and I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> we we got to take care of each other, you know, us Canadians or these Americans will just eat us alive.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> they're rough.
1: Indeed. Although, I
3: mean, we had an election recently. It worked out fine. <laughs> yeah,
1: it worked out fine. I I actually got politically motivated this year for the first time. I'm like, all right, I got to freaking get out there <laughs> this time.
3: I uh, I voted in absentia, so whenever someone tells me in America that they can't vote, I get real mad.
1: I uh, I felt extra stupid because I'm like, ah, oh, geez, you know, you know, I work working this crazy, you know, internet schedule. You know, uh, will I be able to go out and do it? You know, will I be able to find my place? Uh, it Turns out it's uh, there's a voting place like literally walking distance from where I live.
3: Nice.
1: So I felt that worked
3: out. Okay, it worked out excellently.
1: I felt double stupid. I'm like, you mean I could have been voting this whole time and just didn't (laughs) know it? Drat. (laughs) I was like the youngest person at my polling place, too. And I'm like, this says a lot about modern politics. Where are the young Uh, people?
3: That is fully true. The first time I voted, uh, I went to the University of Ottawa and our we voted in our dorm building. It was like in the mm-hmm. in the, in the lower level. And I remember being like, this is anticlimactic. I thought it was gonna be more than this, but like, it's just a piece of paper. Yeah,
1: just a piece of paper. It's, it's, it's not scary at all. So uh, last time I had you on, actually, I think it was in March, if I recall, because the yeah. Captain Marvel movie had just come out there. And uh, how, how have you been since?
3: Not bad. I'm almost a full year older now, so I'm just more tired and more <laughs> exhausted.
1: <laughs> I, I like to think of it as leveling up. We've leveled up since.
3: Yes, I have. I just have more years' experience since then. Um, I don't know. Like, what's happened in the last year? I feel like the last year has been a hundred years long. Mm. Uh, Science: The Elements of Dark Energy came out. That came out in December. Yeah, it's available now. Where all fine comics um, are to be had. I got a. Uh, did I have a cat? I have a cat. He's around somewhere. <laughs> um, I told cat. it. I told the casting director that I would die for him, and he didn't think that was funny at all. So I was like, "Ooh, a straight guy. Sorry.
1: Dang.
3: Uh, won't make that one again." <laughs>
1: but dumb tish.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's winter now in LA, so it's a balmy seventeen degrees Celsius, and I'm freezing.
1: I I really wish I could like move the camera and show you the window. There was such a massive storm here. Where I Uh literally the snow is stacked on the windows right
3: now. Oh, yeah. My mom lives in Fredericton. Oh, they got it bad. Yeah, they had that. I saw it from the CBC in St. John, which is the one in Newfoundland. Is it St. John in Newfoundland or St. John's Uh, in Newfoundland?
1: Newfoundland and Labrador.
3: Uh, There was a time lapse of someone's car and it got completely buried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You
1: you, you read my freaking mind. It was totally going there.
3: (laughs) And I was like, oh boy, I'm so glad I live in SoCal where things are just on fire. There was an earthquake yesterday.
1: Yeah, really. You know, if you do one extreme weather traded for another.
3: (laughs) Yeah, literally, I was like, I don't want to be cold, I want to be too hot. How have you been, man, other than uh, all the videos that I've been watching you on?
1: Ah, thank you. You know, I've been working there, you know, doing all my other shows, trying different types of videos uh, here and there. Uh, Got some stuff brewing for the new year, some conventions and stuff I want to hit up and everything. I'm working on my bucket list to try and work uh, a convention in every Canadian province.
3: Ooh, are you going far afield this year, hopefully?
1: part I mean I, I've th- that's on my list I got a couple feelers out nice. as early in the year and I'm like oh did I jump the gun did I write some of these places too early I don't know but yeah I'm working working towards that uh, I remember when last time we talked to you you were doing a really cool thing and something I think about a lot myself you were uh, you were going out for your American citizenship how did that go
3: yeah still going, still going. Um, as it turns out it takes 18 months and I applied in April because you can only apply. 90 days before your green card's gonna expire so that's not mm. nerve-wracking at the in the slightest so no, i've no. applied and um i'm still waiting it takes upwards it takes up to 18 months and when you don't have six figures in your bank account then yeah. it will take 16 months and for or 18 months and for me 18 months is september this year so mm still waiting still like panic emailing my lawyer every once in a while and saying are you sure everything's fine i
1: uh, i believe in the movies they call this a ticking clock is what they call this
3: (laughs) yeah well it's like what if i don't hear anything in 18 months it's like well then i guess i gotta leave but i'm i don't know if i said this i'm sure i said this on it but i'm so deep in the process that uh, unless something really bad happens and I become a criminal,
2: <laughs>
3: it's just a matter of waiting, which doesn't isn't always comforting. No, nah. but I just try to like put it in a box in the back of my mind.
1: Compartmentalizing and, is a skill,
3: and freak out about it later because. There's literally nothing I can do to make it go faster. Totally. So I'm still waiting. So maybe the next time we talk. Yeah. I'll be a citizen.
1: Uh, hopefully that is. We'll we'll put a pin in that to talking September. You know, you know who's got that really bad? I think it was John Oliver was telling the story of working at the Daily Show and being a British citizen and trying to put that together and just the hell he was under where it's like okay, you got to be in New York to shoot the show, but also your work visa is ticking down and you don't have your uh-huh. green card yet, but you still have to be here for work. reasons and you can't not show up. So, you know, be be ready for that. You might be breaking the law in a couple days.
3: Uh, that is very true. And when it comes to, like, renewing or taking the next step, whether you're going to get a new green card or a new visa or apply for citizenship, like, the, the application window is so close to when your last one is expired. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then usually to extend it, they don't just send you a new green card. They send you a piece of paper that you have to take to the airport with your green card that is expired that says that this piece of paper allows it to be extended. So like the airports love me really. Uh, And traveling on traveling with, as a resident of one country with a passport of another Mm. is like, I always get flagged for extra. I've always been randomly selected.
1: Oh, that's gotta be fun.
3: Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I know that this happens to a as a white person. Like I'm still experiencing a very privileged version of what that I've never been taken into like the side room or anything. I know that there are people <laughs> who live in the states and are residents of the states and have American passports or or of many other countries, but they still get flagged because um, of the color of their skin or or if they have certain accents.
2: Naturally, so I,
3: I don't mean to be woe is me, but it definitely complicates the process in a way that sometimes feels unnecessary. <laughs> and, and
1: traveling is complicated enough. I. I actually have been pulled into the side room a couple times, but for a oh, ho-
3: no. but for a
1: hilarious reason. Like this one makes me laugh. So apparently, back in the early '80s, there was like a IRA bomb maker by the name of Tim Daly, and Joel was one of yes. his aliases.
3: Oh no! So every so and long, then they meet you and they're like, "He's just a nerd." Yeah,
1: it's like I'm just a nerd, and like, it gets a little extra messed up too because I actually do have an uncle whose name is Tim too. So I'm sure in their cross referencing, they're like, "Oh, did he take someone else's alias or name?" It's like, no, we just it's just spelled the same. Come on, isn't look
3: Tim at Daly also one of the voices of Superman?
1: Also that. <laughs> I, no, I wish I was related to that guy, but I'm not. I'm not related to Andy Daly, the comedian either, or, oh, jo- or John Daly, the golfer, I
3: wish. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, are there are famous golfers who aren't Tiger Woods?
1: Uh, pff, apparently, I know, right? I, again, <laughs> I I have to learn this to diffuse these situations at airports, but don't say the word diffuse at an airport. They don't like um, that either.
3: Yeah, there's all those all those jokes where it's like, oh, man, it's just comedians talking about bombing, and they get torn away at the airport.
1: Uh-huh. I'm a, what is it? I'm a big fan of, what is it, punk-style boots, too, and they give me the ones uh-huh. over where it's like, oh. yeah, yep. it's like, are you holding drugs in the heels? I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing until you said it.
3: Uh, when I was at the Portland airport, they make you take off your shoes, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. even if you're flying domestic, and uh, someone threw up on my feet, so that was a real treat.
1: Yikes, that's fun. Fun. Yeah. Uh, 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 philly airport at 6 a.m what is it traveling with the people who clearly travel a lot where they're just like yep jacket off shoes off barefoot walking right through it i'm just like man that we're trained so well now some people to be like all right please invade my space for a little bit so i can fly please
3: but there are also and i won't name the airports because i hope they don't change when you go to really small airports they're like you don't have to take your shoes off i know And you're like, God bless you. What a civilized... When you leave... um, I flew to uh, London for work twice last year. And when you leave the UK, Mm -hmm. you don't have to take your shoes off. Like a real civilized country. And... And I I was starting to take my shoes off and the official comes over and they're like no you don't have to take your shoes off and I li- I think I literally said bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
2: Thank you
1: so much. I uh, I've been really trying to save some money with flying in my last couple trips. Have you heard of an airline called Flare Air?
3: I have not, but I love the name.
1: They're a Canadian company, and they are the most cut-rate Canadian flying that you have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I've flown JetBlue, so... It's, it's basically the JetBlue of Canada, where it's like, look, you get one carry-on, uh, a chair, and that's about it, and we promise we'll get you there cheaper than Air Canada. I'm like, yep, I'll do it. I'll see if I can pack an entire trip in a knapsack. And I'm like, oh, this is a little heavy. Oh, what if they I- stop me?
3: Have not checked a bag in probably seven years.
1: That's the way you gotta do it.
3: Because they especially in the states, the states did it first and now our Canada's picking up on it. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. they changed it so now even if you're flying domestic, they charge you for a check. So unless I'm going to sell something, yeah, I, I will not check a. I will put thirty-five pounds in a carry-on and wing that thing into the overhead compartment. <laughs> if no one stops me um although when we went to emerald city comic-con last year and then came back to find um, one of our apartment buildings on fire Ew. i had i think a box of like 35 jupiter jets in a in a in a carry-on and paper doesn't x-ray
1: no i guess not
3: so they they they're, you know they're cutting it open and you're like please don't cut the covers of my book yeah pretty and, uh, and they're like they're like why do you have these and you're like i wrote it i'm going to send like uh, the TSA people are always lovely, but they're always baffled by whatever I have to tell them I'm doing for work. And they're like, Same. "This is your book," and and you're like, "Yes, yeah." It's like trying to get a Zoom through or something. And they're like, <laughs> "What is this?" And you're like, "It's an audio recorder. I can show you if you want." I'm sorry, they, uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't know. Yeah, they, uh, they uh, give me
1: hell for my microphone every time. It's a simple blue Yeti, but they give me hell yep. for this every time in every airport.
3: I've taken uh, I've taken one of those to Canada before, but. I feel like Air Canada for me is often my only choice because it's like the only thing that flies international regularly.
1: Yep, I agree. Uh, Oh, man.
3: Not a fan of Air Canada, if I could be completely honest.
1: I, I, I agree. Uh, th- there's another uh, company, again, because I'm, like, researching all the cheap airlines. Uh-huh. Swoop Airline. They're brand new. They're even cheaper than Flair. And their deal is, like, look, you want to have a vacation this year? Give us $100. bucks. do not care where you're going. And we promise we'll send you someplace warm from these, like, five airports in Ontario.
3: Interesting. So they're just flying in. They're just taking routes from interesting
1: little bit like you know that bit in the simpsons where it's like hey to save money just show up at the airport wait for some no-shows and don't care where you're going <laughs> yes
3: my mother in the 1980s did that when her first husband divorced her, just went to the airport and was like where can i go and i think <laughs> she went to mexico and in the, the 80s having not been alive just seems like a crazy wild time she went under the woman's name, like oh, it was wow. not her name on the ticket. They just gave her this other lady's ticket <laughs> who didn't show up. And I'm, I was like, that seems wildly illegal to me. Very but much. I don't know. She made it back in time and made me, so it all worked out.
1: That's that's lucky. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I think a couple of the places they had where it's like you can get Vegas, you can get Cabo, Mexico, you can get Orlando, Florida. I'm like, oh come on, give me the cheap Orlando flight. I've been planning a Disney trip forever, and airfare always screws me. <laughs> Also, Vegas is lame. Is it really? See, I've always wanted to go.
3: I mean, if you look, if you've never been, go and see it for the first time. But I don't drink. I don't gamble. You. And I don't hire sex workers. So there's literally, like, nothing in Vegas for me. I've been a bunch because it's quite close to Los Angeles and because the Star Trek convention is there. That's true. And... I go to Vegas to eat at the TV chef's restaurants. Like, that is what I do in Vegas.
1: Same. I would want to hit up the food. Like, I think it's the Red Rock Casino has, like, the best, uh, like, uh, most affordable buffet. You can eat there. Oh, can I
3: give you – this is so funny. Can I give you my buffet hack for Vegas? Yes,
1: please. 100%. I'm all ears.
3: Which I heard from another podcast. (laughs) I heard from Don't Get Me Started. So this is the cheapest way you can eat in Vegas. Okay. Go So you can buy a pass. It's like a little card to eat at all of the major casino buffets on the Strip. Nice. It's $50. It's good for 24 hours. So you get it at like 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have an early dinner. Get up. Have breakfast. And then have Either a late lunch or another early dinner, so you're getting three meals for fifty dollars in Las Vegas. That's a hack and a half. That's, that's my. It doesn't get you into the fancy seafood buffet. That's another thirty dollars. Mm. But even at that, it's still eighty dollars. Uh, so that's my hack is, like, to do that and then go and be like, am I going to Bobby Flay's restaurant or am yeah. I going to Fort Ramsay's restaurant or, like, whatever.
1: See, I would do that and I would hit up, like, the Organized Crime Museum I think they have there. That's, that's what I would uh-huh. want to do. I'd want to see, like, the old Vegas that's not there anymore because they blew it up and built resorts on top of it.
3: Totally. Yeah, like, I think Vegas is worth doing once, but if you're not – I feel like if you're not there to gamble and drink – or to see, like, you know, to see someone, I don't really know if it, like, holds a lot. And, like, I don't want to jump off the stratosphere, so... Yeah,
1: that's my thing, where it's, like, I don't drink, and I feel like I'd have to drink to want to jump
3: off the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, I like to stand on the sidewalk and watch people do it, but there's just no way you're going to convince me to pay money to do that. That's I'm only jumping off a building if I'm on The Amazing Race. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, that too. Man... I remember I used to be such a big Amazing Race fan. Then they changed it to the same night as another show, and I stopped. But then was really happy years later when I found out it's still on TV. All these years later,
3: it's on. It's it's the only thing I watch on CBS All Access. That's not Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it's good shit. It's a very well made reality game show.
3: Yeah, uh, Phil Kagan is that his last name? I think He's so. great. He has a cool podcast. Oh, not he had- that he needs any more listeners, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, just so we're saying, yeah, go over there and tell him uh, Ashley in the comic that's, multiverse sent you.
3: That's right. Let us, let us see if he'll pay to have some ads for us on his show.
1: Yes, please, for the love of God, I'm, I'm thinking I should start doing that now. It's like, look, do you have a thing you want to promote? Give me fifty bucks and I'll promote it at the top of. Why
3: not? Okay. Uh, that's one of our uh, Kickstarter rewards. Is you can sponsor an episode of Geek History Lesson.
1: Nice. See, that's a great idea. And speaking. Of a uh, geek history lesson and uh, promotion, you have a brand new book in the works and a brand new Kickstarter that you wanted to talk about.
3: Uh, that is absolutely true. I said, Joel, please help me talk about my book.
1: Not so like if,
3: Ooh, can I hang on? I'm gonna
1: <laughs> please do.
3: So if people uh, are familiar with me and my writing, I wrote this book, yeah. Jupiter Jet. With Jason Inman, who is my favorite person in the world, and also my husband, and yeah, also the yeah. co-host of Geek History Lesson, and buddy of Joel. So he, like, passes muster at all points. So <laughs> we wrote that book, we kickstarted it, and now we are back with Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio, that's Jupiter Jet, Volume 2 on Kickstarter, and we're really hoping that uh, we can reach our funding goal to pay the creative team, except Jason and I, Jason and I don't take a page rate, oh, wow. we're only looking to pay the artist, the colorist, uh, the letterer and make sure that they make a living wage because it takes them a lot more time to make a book than it takes us and we're very very proud of it the second volume so i'm if you haven't read the first volume skip ahead like 30 seconds because i'm going to spoil the ending of it
2: yes
1: yes i i, I cover <laughs> issue one of this on the channel so i'm actually very interested in to figure this out myself as well
3: so the first volume ends with this big sci-fi twist so jupiter jet Uh, is a 16-year-old girl who inherited a jetpack from her dead father, and so she becomes this hero to her neighborhood Olympic Heights, and she fights bad guys who might be aliens. And at the end of the first book... Something happens and she breaks through the atmosphere flying straight up and discovers that she's not on Earth in nineteen thirty-five. She's actually Ooh. on Europa, which is a moon orbiting Jupiter.
1: Oh, that's she- the name.
3: Yes. Well actually she's named after she's technically named after Sailor Jupiter, who's my ah. favorite <laughs> Sailor Senshi. Uh, and there her color know. scheme is like based on Makoto's color scheme. Um Oh wow, well, I'm like-
1: just noticing that now. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: So, like, the green and the
1: purple. I'm Bruce Willis at the end of the Sixth Sense right now. It all makes (laughs) sense.
3: I just saw that movie last year for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Even knowing the twist, that's a good movie. It's going to go. The guy's going to go somewhere. I I have, like, three Sailor Jupiter action figures right over there on a a shelf. So she breaks out and she's in space. And, oh, my God, what does that mean? And Volume 2 is very much exploring. Oh, my God, what does that mean? So she defeats the evil Praetor Pluto at the end of volume one. And I say defeats because this is an all ages book. So we try to keep the death to a minimum. We
1: just, very very Disney death. They slept,
3: just killed her parents at the beginning of it and didn't (laughs) worry about it. And so at the beginning of volume two, she meets a new foe called the black flyer, who, if you go to jupiterjetcomic.com right now, that'll take you right to the Kickstarter. You can see some images of the black flyer, when she's up in space doing some resistance business and the black flyer leads Jackie and it's a full year later now. So she's 17. She knows she thinks she knows how the world works Mm. leads her into space and on a much more cosmic star Trek style adventure than people saw in book one. And her little brother, Chuck who desperately, desperately wants to be her sidekick Mm -hmm. is left back on Europa to kind of manage the day-to-day superhero business that Jupiter Jet isn't able to undertake when she's uh, cavorting around in space. And that will, of course, lead to conflict between the two of them. But if people read the Kickstarter campaign, and I'm convinced, having run four of them, that people do not read Kickstarter campaign. (laughs) But if you read the Kickstarter campaigns, and if you look at the press release, and you're looking at a lot of the language that we're using, uh, you might notice there's a lot of uh, Western references and Mm. cowboy Easter eggs that are being dropped. Which is a pretty good hint at the type of uh, civilization that Jackie is going to encounter in her interstellar adventures. And if people respond really well to that, because the first volume is very much like 1930s New York City, and right, now we're right. we're doing Cowboys. So if people respond well to that, then in future volumes, we're going to go to different places from, that are inspired by different periods in time. Because Clever. Uh, obviously nobody's on earth that's the big reveal
1: (laughs) clever clever i like it that that solves a lot of problems too with sequel writing and that's what i want to talk to you about because you know so many of our favorite works kind of bungle it when it comes to the sequel either they get so far away from what people liked it's unrecognizable or they play it too safe and just kind of do the same but different i'm a i'm a big fan of 22 jump street because i feel that one actually made a lot of good jokes Uh and a lot of references to the problems with sequels and that is yeah we just want you to do the same but different
3: that's it's so funny because everyone's asking me about everyone like in the live streams that I've been trying to do is is asking about like what is different what are you looking forward to us seeing in volume two and besides all of it Jason and I have become so much better writers than we were on volume one we have written more we've written more in different genres and so I just understand so much more about all the planning on the back end that goes into telling an incredible story. So when we prep, like, we did story circles for all of our protagonists. We no. did wants and needs, and we planned the whole arc. And Volume 1 was a little bit more like by the seat of our pants, issue to issue, trying to figure out how to solve for the end because we knew what the end was going to be. Right, right. Before we even pitched it, we always knew it was going to be that reveal that she was going to be on Jupiter or or proximate to Jupiter. And volume two, we had some ideas that we had thrown in a Google Doc from when we were first writing volume one. And, you know, you get off on a tear and what if this, what if this, what if this? And we're not doing single issues for volume two praise because no one should do single issues anymore (laughs) we're just doing the graphic novel so there is a little bit more of being able to like write for the trade so we can plant things and serve them and let them bloom and grow later on and it's going to feel a little less contrived because people are going to get the story all at once instead of monthly which is my preference and i hope uh i hope we can be leaders in changing the comic book (laughs) industry yeah but it it Sorry, it, it is really a fine balance of being able to reference stuff that's come before, mm. lay an Easter egg, but also try to do something new and different that still feels the same. And as a huge Trek fan, and on the day that we're the- recording this, um, Picard is coming yes, out. Yes, it is. You know, that's, that's something that's very... And, you know, Star Wars just kind of wrapped up their latest saga. Like, mm. that is something that is very much in this sphere right now. And luckily, we have a lot of good examples to look at. And we have a lot of bad examples to look at. And there can be value in that, too. Not bad, but maybe things that we didn't respond to or we didn't like as much. Right. So it's like, okay, I didn't like this. So, well, we are going to try not to do that. And we always really strive to make sure that things make sense. So even when a reveal is quick and sudden and is designed to sort of take you aback, we hope that if you go and revisit Jupiter jet, or if you think about it, you're like, Oh no, this was actually uh, flagged along the way. Like it totally makes right, sense right. that she's out in space now. And when we do reveal the identity of the black flyer, I hope that people understand why we made that choice because the black flyer is, is set up in volume one and the Mm -hmm. character does appear in Mm -hmm. volume one uh and i'm hoping that people are delighted with that choice because i've really enjoyed exploring who that character is and what they mean to jupiter jet and Mm -hmm. using them to set up a lot of the drama but it does feel like a responsibility because before we were sort of making it in a bubble and now we have people who are fans and who are asking for it which is why we wanted to do this before people stopped asking for more (laughs) Jupiter Jet. But we also have a lot of nice critics and reviewers and pundits who we're reaching out to again. And I also don't want to let them down because I've been that person where I loved a series and you get to know the creator or you're in Mm -hmm. contact with them and they send you the next one and you're like, I hate this.
1: Yeah.
3: How do I deal with that? And I want people to be honest. So when I ask people to do tell me what they think or ask people to go and review the books on Amazon because that's so, so valuable. Mm. I tell people like, be honest, you you can't, you truly can't say anything worse than anything I've ever thought about myself. <laughs> so,
2: yeah.
1: This but also is true. I,
3: I want to make sure that I, that I delight and enchant people or however you want your comics to make you feel.
1: Yeah. And uh, I noticed too, I'm looking at uh, your Kickstarter page right now. You have some really, really good stretch goals here and some really good uh, reward tiers. Uh, for people who do uh, kick into the Kickstarter, my personal favorite is uh, for a little over 200, you can be drawn into the comic. And it's very, very hard for me to not want to drop <laughs> 200 on that. I'm like, oh, I've always wanted to be in a comic.
3: <laughs> That's a reward that we've had for all of our comics. And it's because we've been very spoiled knowing comic artists. So Jason and I are in a bunch of. Co- Jason's in a Batman comic. I know. He gets uh,
1: around that guy. Yeah,
3: he's in. Jason's in. Uh, Sh- Eisner award winning sheriff of Babylon mm. um, my good friend Phil Seavey um, drew both of us into the, uh, the Tithe which is so cool I have like the splash page of that so I know how um, like how incredible that is and then sometimes like truly how flattering people draw you you're like oh wow is, is that how people see me <laughs> I don't think I look like that um, so th- yeah we have cameos available at uh, around the $200 mark we had one supporting character that went the first day, which is so cool. And then because people bought that in volume one, some of the supporting characters and some of the cameos are coming back because hey. those characters turned out to be really, really important. Yeah. So it's it's also kind of a long term investment. Yes,
2: and nice. there's
3: there's really a chance that you could appear in volume two. So there's like people in volume two who didn't necessarily back at that level but those characters wound up being really really important and then it's fun for us to be like that's my friend (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully when it's a cartoon hopefully when uh netflix reach out and buys it then all of those character designs will be preserved i'm actually really shocked that speaking of sheriff of babylon we have a portfolio review from mitch garrett's um Artists of Sheriff of Babylon and Batman and Mr. Miracle, you know, these, these independent books that you've probably never heard of. Um, I'm surprised that no one's picked that one up yet because most of our rewards are really comic centric and they're focused around being in the comic or making your own comics because some of the people who bought our rewards for the first, thank you for the first Jupiter jet campaign have gone on to kickstart their own comics and produce their own work. And like, that's the most flattering thing of all. and, if you get a script or a portfolio review from whoever and you let us know that you're kickstarting it or you're selling it, like I will be there to support it. So I but Mitch is just such a superstar. And then we also convinced Steve Lieber, who I love and I think is incredible, who's drawing Jimmy Olsen right now and did Spirit yeah. of Spider-Man to do a portfolio review. Love so Spirit if UFOs. Oh my god, it's so good! Um, I have a, a Superman and Robin commission by him, and it's nice. so beautiful. He's also the nicest human. Like, if you were going to look for someone to mentor you, he's I think a wonderful. I just think Steve, I think the world of him. I just think he's so such an incredible person. But yeah, and then if you uh, if you enjoy this podcast and you like me, you can also get uh, you can get a review by me. And I do work as an editor, and I was a head editor at Top Cow for a year. So there's all mm-hmm. there's all kinds of levels where you can be involved in the comic or in making comics in some way. And that was really important to me to sort of preserve that idea because Carl Castle said this, and I think it's so intelligent. The most exciting comics are happening on Kickstarter and the biggest ideas. And that's the reason why they're not being picked up by publishers right away because Mm -hmm. they're brave and they're creative and they're out there. And then once you can prove that you have an audience, then publishers come knocking, so yeah. I want to keep building that economy because Kickstarter is very much its own little, its own little industry right now.
1: Most definitely, uh, you mentioned to uh, the Netflix thing right there. It's like when it gets picked up to be an animated <laughs> show. I think that's a great goal, and especially now when Netflix is turning out so many great original animated uh, things at the moment.
3: Oh man, it would be look I. I would love for anyone to get it. But the dream is that it goes to Netflix. And I've always said that I want Jason and I to voice uh, Jupiter Jet's parents who are featured oh, very heavily in the backup. But uh, obviously we uh, murderized before <laughs> before
1: issue one. I love because creator I just, cameos.
3: I also just think from like a meta narrative perspective, if we were the parents of her, I think it would be kind of cool.
1: All right. Let's uh, let's voice cast this right now. Who, who voices Jupiter Jet?
3: Sophia Lillis. Ah, in, that's pretty good. Or, or if we wanted to go live action, she could. All, she'd be also be great in live action.
1: I, I always throw Janet Varney up for anything, just because I'm a big Janet Varney fan. I just like. She's her. great. She's good. Uh, I, I, Tim Curry doesn't work as much anymore, but wouldn't you love to have Tim Curry voice the
2: villain?
3: <laughs> I would. You know, I also think he needs to rest. Yeah, uh, that's true. So I saw a photo of him recently that made me really sad. So I would say... I think we saw say, the same one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Michael Richardson.
1: Ooh, he's good.
3: For Pluto, and he's so a versatile. really great, really great actor. And uh, another just lovely, beautiful human being. Uh, for pretty Man. Absolutely. I, I waffle between having um someone like a Tara Strong, like mm. an adult who does really good little boy voices because her voice for gizmo in the teen titans the og teen titans cartoon mm. is very much what i imagine for chuck but if i had to cast a boy i would probably say noah jupe who was in ford v ferrari i think he's really talented oh yeah and i think he brings a good energy and then for so this Isn't a spoiler because it's on the Kickstarter campaign, but volume two, uh, Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio introduces a new Praetor, and it introduces uh, Praetor Venus. Mm. So we have our first female Praetor, and um, there is a trans female actress who is in, uh, she's going to be in Deputy, and she was on RuPaul's Drag Race, and her stage name is Peppermint, and I love her. I also think she's truly just one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in the world. Like She's so striking. I would want her to play Venus. And then also because maybe when she's doing a drag show, because um venus is is very for me grace jones inspired Ah. Uh, i think she could do a really cool uh venus look as well so i'm always thinking on (laughs) too many levels (laughs) when i think about voice casting i like
1: it i like that a lot yeah clearly we think very similarly man you mentioned grace jones there (laughs) i'm sure you saw the picture making the rounds there of it was grace jones and schwarzenegger screwing around on set one day (laughs) yes
3: i love grace jones and uh just to dive even further into drag, Shayculey often does Grace Jones. Huh. Uh, illusion and homages and they just like lay me out on the floor like Grace Jones wasn't even in a good James Bond movie and she's mm. still one of my favorite James Bond actresses.
1: That's a great way to put it. Uh, speaking of there, did you see uh, RuPaul is going to be hosting uh, Saturday Night Live this season? And I'm like, how is that? I did. And I'm like, how has that never happened before? That feels like something that should have happened decades ago.
3: I'm also shocked that Ru isn't the musical guest because yeah. uh, and he's got lots and lots of albums and I have fully watched all of AJ and The Queen, uh, sh- speaking of Netflix which is rusa scripted netflix show it's wild Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: i i guess that's a good uh segue to uh what have you been (laughs) watching and reading uh recently that you've been enjoying what's uh what's been capturing your attention
3: i've been wrapping up the his dark materials series because i never read it as a tiny human child neither did i it's really good i think don't at me I think in terms of world building and the quality of the writing, I think it's better than Harry Potter.
1: You're not the first person to tell me that. I know I had lots of friends (laughs) who were really into the young adult books and you know the the people who I always thought were very smart and very intelligent were like, nah, his dark materials, it's where it's at. And I'm like, okay. But all I ever knew was the Golden Compass movie. I'm like, I don't know, something with polar bears and shit. I don't know. The bears
3: are like the best part of it. The bears are really cool. But it's much more complicated than Harry Potter, right? Harry Potter is a very easy, barrier to entry and mm. his dark materials is very deeply steeped in christian mythos like yes, that one of one of the villains is metatron who's like an old-time og talmudic angel right like the uh,
1: voice of god you are now yeah, hearing the metatron yeah, yeah. from dogma
3: <laughs> and uh oh yeah dog i forgot that they were in dogma but so i think it's tougher i think it's harder for kids because it's actually much more like Narnia than Harry Potter. But so mm. I've been finishing been finishing that and really, really enjoying it. I've been reading a lot of Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey for obvious reasons. Right, and because right. Chuck Dixon is my favorite writer from the 90s, they're really good. And um, there's a colorist... Who colors the whole run and her name is uh gloria vasquez and she Mm. doesn't color the way i traditionally think of like that 90s dc house style it's much more soft and muted and it brings a really ethereal quality that i wasn't expecting to like these badass ladies kicking butt Mm. and i've been really enjoying it but now that i'm Looking at comics more critically, I'm like, wow, the coloring is like out of control yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this book. Uh, and just trying to catch all the Oscar movies, you know? Mm,
1: same. I've been doing that as well.
3: And uh, then last night we watched, I watched Relics, the Star Trek TNG episode in preparation for uh, Picard.
2: Right. Yeah, which right.
3: is so good. And James Dewan is so uh, almost unexpectedly delightful in that episode because. Mm. Uh, He's playing a very different version of Scotty than we're used to seeing in TOS, and I, I thought it was, I was, like, really touched by it. Aww.
1: What, uh, of all the Oscar movies you've seen, what uh, what, what was your favorite? What, what's your hot Oscar take? What should have been nominated but didn't get nominated?
3: Uh, I'll tell you what should not have been nominated: The Irishman. That's a bunch of nonsense. It's
1: you know, I, I I would put that on par with like The Departed, where it's like, yeah, this is not yeah. one of your best works. And I even went back and watched The Departed after I watched The Irishman. I'm like, yeah, these are about yeah, these are about on par with each other. Yeah,
3: and look, award shows are always political, yeah, and so I. Right. I understand that, but I still find it upsetting. Um, like Oscars so white and Oscars mm. so male. It's mm. really, it's really hard to get around. Like I, I always feel weird when every part of the movie is nominated except the director. So like, like, like I think
1: Little Women got fucked like, over in a big way.
3: Yeah, like Greta Gerwig should have been nominated. Um, Aquafina should have been nominated for The Farewell. Adam Sandler should have been nominated for Uncut Gems.
1: Yes, I loved that movie.
3: Um, I think us. I think Lupita probably should have been nominated. Oh, she owned that
1: movie, and she pulled double duty.
3: Yeah, but I. It, I think it's too weird. Whereas Get Out had a very clear political message, mm. and it's not that Us doesn't. It's just more abstract, and Us is a more out there idea.
1: Indeed. Um, and, and also it's horror, and the Academy hates horror and fantasy.
3: They do and they hate they hate genre and I know everyone's like Endgame and like no <laughs> Endgame did not deserve to be nominated. I mean I
1: liked Endgame don't get me <laughs> so wrong. So did I. Yeah. Um
3: but it's not it's not that type of movie. Um I haven't seen Joker's which was a conscious choice on my part. I can't speak to whether or not Joker should be nominated have but I, Have you seen Taxi Driver? uh i have not but i know they're basically i was this... gonna
1: say if you've seen taxi driver you've basically seen joker
3: yeah um but i did like at the sag awards which is the screen actors guild to so the actors union in uh the united states i liked that when joaquin won he mm. he gave props to keith Ledger. i thought that was, that was nice very nice and very thoughtful and isn't it interesting that of all the superhero movies that have come in our sort of boom that that's the role. And those are the two actors who've been celebrated. I do think, I do think there are other movies that should have where, where, um, superhero performances or genre performances should have been nominated. But also I, to me, the Joker, that's the Joker. And then parasite and Bong Joon-ho should have been nominated as well. Um, indeed. But I I very much feel like that's the Academy trying to be like, no, we are hip and edgy. And it's like, well, like 57% of your Mm. voters are over the age of 60. So, which is not to say that your opinion is not valid, but it's not what I think of when I think of people who are hip and with it. And I'm going to say that and then be like, well, I don't know. I'm sure there's some Betty White's hip but
1: indeed yeah, <laughs> I, I, i'll tell you this here's one i didn't think that i uh a hill i would get on but after i saw the movie i actually feel she was kind of robbed too jennifer lopez for hustlers she actually turns in a hell of a performance in that and that movie is almost a better goodfellas gangster movie than <laughs> the irishman
3: was and i'm like yeah why didn't she get something she's a fucking tour de force here i uh i didn't see it hmm but I'm sure she's wonderful. And I'll put it on my list. But I I feel like for me that movie came and went. Like I saw the posters and then it was out in the world. And then I don't know. I have like weird feelings about Constance Wu right now.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. And I know she's a part of that. And like with Crazy Rich Asians 2 on the horizon. I'm kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. look. Uh, all jobs are hard jobs. But when you have one of the coolest jobs in the world. Come on. Th- think before you tweet. <laughs> That's all.
1: Uh, Again, you were were mentioning uh, Uncut Gems there, too. Man. Yeah, I I
3: just saw that. (laughs)
1: Man, I've never done Coke before in my life, but I can only assume that that movie captures the frenetic feeling of what it's like to be on a 24-7 Coke binge.
3: Oh, man. That movie is such a genius exercise in how to raise Mm -hmm, mm stakes. There was an article. I think it was Cinema Blend, but it might have been Deadline. Um, where basically they talked to an Academy member and they said like, we were never going to nominate Aquafina and we were never going to nominate Adam Sandler because they're,
1: bit too, yeah, yeah
3: it, which is so nonsense because to me it's more impressive when it's someone who you don't expect, who turns Absolutely. out like a really moving thoughtful, like honestly, like you can nominate Meryl Streep for whatever you want. I don't care anymore. Mm. Um, also I saw Sophie's Choice last year. didn't think it was very good. That's <laughs> my other movie hot take. Um, Ooh, hot. and, and I know, I know. So edgy, so cutting. <laughs> Everyone's talking about edgy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everyone's going to be like, well, "What was that movie again?" There's another problem with the Oscars. All the movies they get nominated, most of them in a year, like, "Oh yeah, did that come out?"
3: Yeah, it's also really strange when you look back. Like, I was looking at the year that uh, *Silver Linings Playbook* won everything, mm-hmm. and to me, I'm, I'm like, in hindsight, for me, it's fairly laughable that that was a movie that was celebrated. And again, if people love it, I'm. I don't mean to. I'm not like taking a jump on your opinions or just my opinions so or they're my thoughts, but yeah, man, the Oscars are did they did a bad thing this year? They did bad.
1: They did, and they often do. And like, I always come back <laughs> to the thing where it's like, you know what? The real tragedy of all this is, it's the we'll never give you the award for the movie you deserve it for. We'll give you like four years later for yeah. the one you don't deserve it for. Um,
3: also, the SAG Awards have a category for. Uh, stunts, and yes. Game of Thrones won for ensemble stunt work, and I think that is a category that absolutely needs to be brought over into the Oscars and into a more mainstream um, spotlight, because stunt work is so hard. They literally and it risk
1: is, their lives for your yeah, entertainment.
3: And it is so worthy of celebration, because good stunt work is like next level out of this world, and bad stunt work is noticeable, and it gets people killed sometimes there, yes. Deadpool. Uh, yeah, I also yeah. think there should be uh, a category for motion capture performance because andy, andy circus so needs 12 overdue. oscars yeah and uh he's not the only one but he's obviously the easiest one who comes to mind but with more and more of that happening and with like more and more things like de-aging happening mm. i think that those types of performances do deserve to be separated out from a best actor because it's such a specific skill set
1: naturally yeah totally uh uh, what else uh so yeah we, we talked about your book we talked about airports we talked about oscar hot uh, <laughs> uh, anything else now that you have the floor and you can say whatever you want
3: oh man crisis on infinite earth that was really interesting yeah let's uh, actually
1: let's talk because you mentioned uh stunt work actually that reminds mm-hmm. me completely they put out a really nice picture of all their oh, i stunt loved
3: people. it <laughs> me too where
1: it's like hey thank you stunt people who made all this possible and i'm like yeah yeah that is nice thank you they do deserve that
3: It's interesting, Jason and I on the Patreon um, for all of last year did like a 12 episode video doc series about Crisis on Infinite Earths and then we talked about the show and having like been so steeped in Crisis on Infinite Earths Mm -hmm. and then seeing the show, I don't know if that was the prime experience to have because uh, Wolfman and Perez for me are like peak comics. Like I would put them... for sure on my Mount Rushmore of both writers and artists. Uh, the new teen Titans is my everything. And I think that they, uh, the more geography you have on it, right? Like you look back at the new teen Titans and you're like, Oh boy, they are saying some words that we don't say anymore or they're behaving in a way that we wouldn't behave anymore. But you know, you you have to take your brain into the context of, well, that was made in the eighties and it's good that we don't do that anymore. But, uh, um, You know, the creators themselves are nice people. They're not problematic. They haven't been me-tooed out, yeah, out of work. Which is so, saying
1: something. <laughs>
3: yeah, well, which is truly an accomplishment in uh, in the modern age. And I'm all for me-tooing people out of work. Mm-hmm. If you're a bad dude, you don't get to work anymore. Yeah. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Um,
1: it was cute but, that, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Wolfman actually got to show up there and they I, named a place after Perez.
3: I loved that. He was my favorite cameo nah, uh everyone asked me about Marv. <laughs> about the Burt Ward cameo which I do think was very sweet but the Marv one yeah, really got me I it was so interesting because I had really high hopes because I have a newfound appreciation for Crisis on Infinite Earths having spent so much time with it and and I've really come to appreciate the brilliance of it which of course is all under the guise of what comics were like in 1985 so like the pacing is weird and sometimes you're like why are there 29 panels on this yeah, page yeah, and, yeah 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 but i really like i really do think it's it's a i think it's like our true like true high art or like it's literature right like it, i think it transcends the medium and i think it's very special and i don't know if this crossover needed to be called crisis on infinite earths mm. and i do fully understand that in the arrowverse we work with the characters that we have and so it's not yeah. going to look like the comics and and that's okay but to me it felt much less like crisis on infinite earths then um do you ever see that crappy movie the warriors of virtue
1: yeah yes many many times in fact yeah i
3: I definitely ruined our cassette but it's bad and to me the minute they introduced the idea of the paragons uh uh, which is not a comic book construct if people aren't familiar no i was like oh no this is too silly i think there were moments of like absolute brilliance i thought um, the final Arrow death was really moving. I thought Stephen Amell acted the heck out of that. He I love that did, Sarah was there I... for it. S- Sarah, he's a ha- good actor.
1: <laughs> he is, and like I talked shit about him for so long. I'm like, no, okay, I got to eat my hat on this one. You are a good actor. I hope you have a good film career. Now, look, that he wasn't.
3: He wasn't good in the beginning. David Ramsey, John Diggle taught him how to act. Clearly. Let's make no mistake about that. But I think he's really evolved. Like, I, season five of Arrow is my favorite. Um also, it's so funny, the gentleman who played Prometheus in that, Adrian Chase, mm. kind of went from being Arrow's toxic boyfriend, he's the villain of AJ and the Queen, and he's nah, RuPaul's toxic nah. boyfriend, which made me laugh. Typecasting, like, eh? years, oh, he's so good, he should be in more stuff. Um, I love that Sarah was there, because she Sarah and- She a
1: great and, arc, didn't she?
3: She's so good, and like, Katie Lotz does that so well, and her and- Sarah and Ollie are my favorites ship in the Arrowverse
1: when she she got to take her seat at the table that Mm -hmm. warmed my heart so much I'm like yeah you did earn this a for sticking around through all these shows for sticking it out through the two crappy seasons of (laughs) tomorrow and then owning it being a comedy now and the fact that you're just as valid even though you're on the comedy show that you get a seat at the table too
3: I love Legends of Tomorrow.
1: I, I do too. I, <laughs> I love it so much. Same. I hated it in the first two seasons. And I'm like, why am I watching this? It takes itself too seriously. It's so cheap. Uh, they don't know what to do with the time travel." But then something magical happens near the end of season two. They say, fuck it, we're a comedy now. And then it which, becomes brilliant.
3: Which is like what I miss from Flash. Because Flash in season one and in season two, th- he fought the Rainbow Rider. It's true. In an episode that I I didn't like, and I didn't like seeing that character, but it felt like it was fully embracing um, being a superhero show and doing the comics and that Grant Morrison idea that it's all valid, right? No matter how stupid it is, it's all valid. valid. And I love that because some of the silly things can come back and be really thoughtful and really moving. I'm so blown out. I'm sorry. The sun is so bright right now. Um, And then then they did Savitar. And we also had the Thinker that season. I loved the Thinker, but I thought same. the Savitar stuff um, was was just not to my taste. It wasn't what I wanted from the Flash, and it, it feels it
1: like went on for too long. It was a too yeah. predictable a mystery. That's that's the problem with these CW shows, and it's something I hope they learn moving well, there's, forward. There's just
3: too many of them. Also, there's, I mean, I know we love all of them, but you can only see the same trick too many, so many times. There's,
1: there's too many. There's too many episodes a season. I think they need yes. to adopt Dude. the comic thing of having primary antagonists and secondary antagonists and don't be afraid to, to almost do the Power Rangers thing when they ran out of footage. Don't don't be afraid to have multiple villains a season.
3: <laughs> I also think don't be afraid to do the English thing. Like um HBO very much does that and Fleabag is one of the shows that everyone is talking about. Mm. And one of the reasons I think that those shows succeed is because they have such a short episode order. Yeah. yeah. So if you can only do Six episodes, or ten episodes, or even fifteen episodes—you have to be much more economical with your storytelling. Or if you can only do hey, five,
1: <laughs> again, take be... take another page from the comics.
3: That's right. You have to be like really thoughtful about how you're plotting, and when you have twenty-four, or however God knows how many, I used to say this about Vampire Diaries. Cause I watched Vampire Diaries for a really, really long time, mm. which was not a good show, but I loved it. So twenty four episodes, so you'd get about eight excellent episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You'd get eight that were pretty good. You get eight that were okay. You'd get eight that were pretty bad, and then you get eight that were like crap.
1: That's about the yeah, that's about the ratio. That's about and, how and it that's, breaks down.
3: That's about fifty percent of your episodes that are at less than a B, a B minus. And I I think that's a bummer. And when you look at shows in the 90s, like Deep Space Nine or a lot of the Star Trek shows, Mm -hmm. they had like almost 30 episodes. Mm -hmm. And the fact that any of them were good, is just wild. But I I think I also think, yeah, just like comics in general, I think it should be a shorter episode order. And then that way, if you want to have 135 Arrowverse shows, it doesn't feel like as much work because... Mm -hmm. All the shows were renewed. We got Superman and Lois coming. We yeah, have Star, Star twenty thirty nine, whatever that's going to be called. The Black Canaries, whatever. Mia, yeah, Star Girl's coming. Like it's so much, and
1: it's we're almost hitting critical mass. And it's like I can understand. I think so. I can understand why the CW doesn't want to cut it short because it's like that's that's the cornerstone of our programming block. If we don't have that, <laughs> we don't have anything. We've gone all in on superheroes.
3: But I also think they could take a a lesson from uh, I can't believe I'm saying this from DC Universe with Doom Patrol.
1: Yeah, I love Doom Patrol so much.
3: It was my favorite comic book show last year. It's
1: legitimately brilliant. Like, I sit and watch Doom Patrol, I'm like, this is goddamn transcendent.
3: And it's, like, thoughtful, and it's it's progressive, like the Danny the Street episode. Like, Danny the Street oh, really. is, is a Grant Morrison comic book thing. It's really silly. And they actually took that opportunity to say something with yeah, it and yeah. take advantage of the fact that they cast Matt Bomer, who's this, like, very public, very gorgeous, um, out man. Yeah, and, uh, to make
1: it so thematic to yeah. Doom Patrol as well. Too. It's like, I, I had a thing watching. Where I'm like, wow, the guys making this show, not only did they read the Doom Patrol book, they <laughs> understood it.
3: Yes. Uh, so yeah, so Doom Patrol is the best, <laughs> and they had a great two. cameo. They I also, did. I got into I got into Titans with season two, and it's mostly because um, I love that stupid kid who plays Jason Todd.
1: That's a that's a bridge I have yet to cross. I watched episode one of Titans, and I'm like, all right, not for me. <laughs> yeah, so
3: if you ever want to, I recommend starting with the season one finale because you know you know what the gig with Teen Titans is, so like of nothing's going to surprise you. No. Start with the finale and then watch season two because it actually is like a Teen Titans show, but the kid who plays Jason Todd is the only person who's having fun and when you meet him for the first time, he's riding a motorcycle around Wayne Manor because <laughs> Bruce isn't there, and then he hits the banister and goes flying over the stairs. <laughs> and I was like, "This is the most perfect depiction of Jason Todd I've ever seen." I guess I watched this show he's, now.
1: Okay, see, you're, you you've you actually almost <laughs> sold it to me better than anyone else. Where it's like it's Jason, but he's a dumbass, and I'm like, "He's okay. such a
3: dumbass." That's just
1: good. Like, That's it's good great. characterization.
3: Um, there's also uh, Brandon Thwaites who plays uh, uh Nightwing. He actually, for me, becomes Nightwing in the second season. So, yeah, and I I don't mind having to wait, or I don't mind checking back in on a show because Arrow, which is one of my favorite shows, even though Arrow's had lots of bad seasons, I. Uh, didn't really find its footing until season two until about 10 episodes into season one so
1: I, I, again see that's i tried multiple times to get into arrow it still ends up being the one cw show that i didn't watch but then again that's i'm
3: favorite. <laughs> I, i'm
1: weirdly biased and i get that it's a problem with me because i am so in love with green arrow as a comic book where it's like okay everything and it's you very do,
3: much not that yeah no its and
1: isn't i'm like everything you do is sacrilege you are batman jr for a good yeah. chunk of your time
3: but that's fair and and I really appreciate that you know what your bias is because yeah. I think sometimes we mistake as fans we mistake my favorite mm. for the best and we mistake not to my taste or not for me to it's bad. Oh
2: yeah,
1: I see like, that like, all the time. I
3: didn't go and see Venom because I have never been a 15-year-old boy. Mm. So I I just like it just on uh, no level appeals to me. But a lot of people liked it, and it's getting a sequel, and God bless Andy Serkis gets to direct it, and that doesn't mean that it's any less valid than the way that I feel about the Wonder Woman movie, which, I mean, very obviously speaks to me for very obvious reasons, and that's something that I try to think about a lot. Mm. (laughs) And so when I talk about stuff I, I don't like, a lot of times there's objectively like nothing wrong with it. It's just like I don't like shows about bad guys so like i don't like breaking bad (laughs) (laughs) you know i get that it's a huge show and it's probably deserves to be on the top 100 best shows of all time But like you're never gonna convince me to watch it have you seen have you seen ray donovan
1: i think that is actually an interesting subversion of the bad guy hbo anti-hero uh type series
3: i haven't but i love Lev schreiber so if yeah. you say it's good i will consider checking I, out I,
1: I have joked many a times and everyone knows this liev schreiber is my man crush and that's <laughs> the thing i just i just wish we could be friends me and liev schreiber there's there's things you learn about him in that show Uh, Ray Donovan that he shows a kind of weakness and vulnerability that you would never see in a Walter White or a Tony Mm -hmm. Soprano Mm -hmm. and there's there's a bit in the first couple episodes where you actually get to see him cry and I'm like oh oh this is a deconstruction subversion of those shows you thought they were just doing that thing but no they're actually commenting on that type of show.
3: I love it in a modern world that we're letting men cry Mm. more in media and like big strong masculine like traditionally mm-hmm. masculine men because i'm so sick of the narrative that like uh boys don't cry and big girls don't cry mm-hmm. and I, that's all nonsense and i think it's very as someone who cries a lot i think it's very <laughs> healthy to let your feelings out so every time uh steven amell cries a lot on arrow he so does. every time that happens i'm like yes and i think it actually starts with um in television, I think loss was a big part of that yeah. because Matthew Fox is like a very good mister. So he was uh sure he was is. like on the brink of tears constantly. And I I think just from like a societal perspective, like give me more men crying, I'm <laughs> totally here for it. In Doom Patrol, the episode where he meets his um his boyfriend from the past yeah yeah
1: oh and uh, i they was do like that cover why is river? doom
3: patrol making me cry that
1: that was an amazing <laughs> and they do the cover of moon river from yeah. uh from uh danny ocean there i'm like god damn this is good
3: i was like i was so i also like to be surprised like i was so uh i was so mad that doom patrol was a show that made me cry when i first watched star trek enterprise it's an episode called Similitude that's all about Trip, who's one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. He's played by a lovely actor named Connor Trenier, um, who I've since become acquaintances with. And oh, it wow. started because I tweeted him and said, fuck you for making me cry watching <laughs> Star Trek Enterprise. Because <laughs> he just gives really powerful performances. And that's why genre Shows are important.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? I don't think we're going to top that one right there, everyone. Thank you so much, Ashley, for coming and talking to me for almost an hour now as I sit and look at the clock. That time just flew by. Uh, I, I, I guess I will uh, give the floor to you one last time. Tell them where they can find uh, all the information for uh, Jupiter Jet and The Lost Radio and uh, where they can go and where they can support it.
3: Uh, thank you for having me. I know sometimes you and I have a hard time making our schedules uh, copacetic, so I really mm-hmm. appreciate my fellow countrymen making the time for me. Aww. If you liked anything I said here, if you think that anything I said was valuable, if you liked be a drill chatting together, you can check out Jupiter Jet, Volume 2. Yeah. I'm so good with props. Jupiter Jet and the Forgotten Radio by going to jupiterjetcomic.com. That link will take you directly to the Kickstarter campaign. It's super easy to find. We have really, really incredible rewards. If you would like to talk to me like Joel did, we have a Skype reward level, so we Ooh. could do this too sometime. Um, you can also follow the campaign on Twitter at JupiterJetComic. And you can follow me everywhere at Ashley V. Robinson. The V is very important. I don't want to fight Ashley Robinson, the WNBA (laughs) player for SEO.
1: There you go. So, (laughs) So again, thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us. I will try and link all of that down in the description below. That'll just about do it for me and another interview. Uh, thank you so much for watching the Comic Multiverse. Be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, share, do all that social media hubaloo. and hey if you're a patron you'll actually get to listen to this video first what? before anyone else. I know because we're recording this on Thursday and the live show with Matt doesn't happen until Sunday so Ooh,
3: basic- time travel! <laughs> totally
1: and again you know I'm, we're pro- I'll probably have done an hour with Matt and we've done an hour here so you guys, you basically got a double length show this week everyone So, you know, you're more than welcome, and we will be back again next week, everyone. Until then, I've been Joel. Bye-bye.